welcome to the 309th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on November 6, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway, I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is a man who's coming out of the dark, Carlos Rodella. Oh, from Halloween? No, from our power outage. Oh, yes. Um, there was a lot of power, and it was not on. Yeah, man. I don't know about your place, but we had, like... I mean, I'm not going to say hurricane-level winds, because we don't get... I mean, up until now, we don't get hurricanes up here, but we had so much wind. Stuff was getting knocked over, and we lost power for a couple hours, and you did too, right? Yeah, it was crazy. It happened, like, at 10 o'clock at night for me. Is that about the same time for you? Or uh, about, like, maybe, like, 8.39, probably. Okay. And then, yeah, it just was like, nope, you're going to bed with no power, and that's it. Uh, yeah. And, by the way, it's finally getting cold here in Seattle, so it's like, oh, no heat for the night. Okay, that's fine. Oh, dude, it's freezing out here now, yeah. I mean, yeah. we were out of power for a couple hours, and we were kind of just, like, hoping it would come back because I didn't want to go to bed bored because that's... <laughs> Cause that sucks, but uh, yeah, it was. And we got it back the next day, which is good. So that's fine. And you did too, right? Yeah, but not the next day. Like, I mean, a long time. It was like three or yeah, four you were, afternoon or something. Yeah, you were you were out of power for a lot longer than I was. Yeah, so. but you know what I realized? Like, I, besides like the switch and my phone, which I hardly play any games on, I was like, man, oh man, during a power outage, I would love to have like a like true battery for my consoles. You know, or like yeah. some sort of like battery at the house so I could like turn my TV on and play my console game until it died, you know. But like, uh, I guess they had those portable systems for your consoles. Yeah, there are some. I mean, I've seen some that are like for PC use, but you can also, I think, reappropriate them for your consoles or just get one of those big old generators and store a bunch of gasoline outside your window or something <laughs> and just fire it up. Yeah. No, but that, remember they had it for the PlayStation 1, for the 360? Yeah, was there like, was. There it's was. a backpack, but it's also a monitor, and you can play. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, exactly right. For the PS1, um, I used to have one of those small, real small TV screens that attached to the back of the PlayStation oh, 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You flip it up, and there was also a battery pack that went with it. So, yeah, you could plug the whole thing in. It doubled the size of the PS1, but, you know, you could fit it in a bag or a backpack or something. Wait, so. I guess I'm just saying my answer then. I need to in, uh, invest in, uh, like, a PS1. <laughs> with with that battery pack that still exists somewhere, and then just if I have a power edge, I can play like old school games on that teeny tiny screen. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, yeah, we had a power edge. We're back, um, and I definitely played a ton of games. And fun fact, a game we'll talk about today, Star Ocean. Finally, um, I finished it just before the power went out. Excellent. So, quick question, um, just for the show purposes here: Are you ready to give a score to Star Ocean today? Do you think, since you already finished it? Um, I might, let, let me be talking about it, like, you know, on the show and go like, oh, I, you know, sometimes I think of, uh, things I didn't like or did like about it when I'm talking about it. So sure. Let's, let's play it by ear. I, I think I have an idea, but, okay. but you, but you did finish it. So you saw everything that it. there was a scene. Yeah, so. yeah. 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 Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We'll get there when we get there. But right now we're going to do our usual, uh, song and dance and folks who listen to the show know that means housekeeping carlos and i share a virtual living space divided down the middle with a strip of duct tape that's right it's housekeeping i got surprisingly um a couple of things and some of these are bigger than usual carlos what do you got this week well first off there's no more cobwebs here which i like it's not i like a, that as well it's not a haunted housekeeping anymore um and thank you for everybody for listening to our spooktacular episode last yeah episode. yeah a lot of good response to that i was happy yeah 
Um, so I have a couple of things. Uh, they might be overlapping your things. It might be the I, same box. I think box. maybe. I think maybe we got the same box. I so let me open do. up this first box that we might both have or be, both be holding at the same time. Weird. Um, so there was a report that came out that uh, PlayStation lost 2 million subscribers. Yes, I have the same one. It's a box, but it's got your name and it's got my name. That's yeah. so weird. We got to share it. I, I can't share. Well, it's okay because I have a, a take on it. For okay. one, uh, I think it's really interesting to mention um, and I got some of this uh, info as well from IGN. Um, but 45 million subscribers PlayStation has. Okay. Um, that's a really big number. I didn't really realize how many they had. Um, so if they lose 2 million, say they have 43 million now, right? Yeah, yeah. Xbox only has 25 million uh, at Game Pass. Sure. You know, supposedly the best place to play games, yet there's, you know, it's half or something. So, um, and then also a report came out at the same time that Xbox Game Pass is not growing, even though we talk about it all the time and everyone likes, you know. Oh, I didn't see service. that story. What, uh, who do you know? I, I don't I, remember the source, now, but. but I looked at a couple different sources to make sure it was real. And it's just basically, it's not really growing at the rate they want it to be. Sure. Um, and I mean, like, you're talking about trying to reach 45 million if you want to, like, compare with PlayStations, then it's not at that level right now. So, yeah. So even though PlayStation dropped those two million, and I'm sure it's because I mean I was probably one of them, by the way. Um, yeah, that, me too. That three tiered system was stupid and still is. So I don't like their service, and so of course I'm going to drop it. I still like Game Passes, and I still have it, but at the same time, I'm not like using it a ton. So it's not like I'm going to tell all my friends to be like, Hey, go sign up for it. Cause all these great games, it's like, sure, sure. You know what I mean? And they even mentioned in the article that I was reading, like, you know, there aren't those day one game pass, huge exclusives. Like they promised. Um, I'm excited for next year. Cause there's a ton then, but so, yeah, I don't know that that was some of the reporting I saw. And I thought that it was interesting though, even though just PlayStation dropped 2 million, they're like well ahead of, of game pass. Sure, sure. But, you know, you have to take into account Game Pass was a brand new service and they're carrying over all of those people who were on um, the previous service, right? Like, it didn't just start off from nothing. I mean, m everybody who's in there converted from what was already there from, like, the last 10 years. So they're they're starting at a different place. I mean, Sony had 10-year uh, head start on yep. Game Pass mm -hmm. or whatever. So that you got to take that into account as well. So if Xbox is at half of what PSN is, and most of those people auto-converted, then I think they're in a pretty good place. I mean, if they were they were not like neck and neck off the ground. So that's one thing to consider. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to counter, though, also, I don't know about, I mean, everybody's definition of what is big is different. But for me, uh, you know, I think I'm definitely more of an Xbox user this generation than you are, which is fine. I kind of go back and forth. Last, uh, last time it was all, well, what was it this time? Anyway, regardless, um, I use Xbox and Game Pass probably a lot more than you do, which is cool. I mean, we have a different perspective and different tastes and blah, 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 whatever. But I think um, I've actually been really happy um, with Game Pass. I feel like there's a lot of games that do debut on Game Pass. Um, speaking of which, uh, Vampire, was it Vampire? That's not, not Vampire Savior. What's it called? The one you like? The Vampire, Vampire Survivor? Or no, I forgot. No, no, no. The one that you were saying you really liked. I just liked saw it went to Game Pass, too. I know. Yeah, it's yeah, the, it's coming to Game Pass. Twin and I'm like, oh, shooter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, we may not get, like... I mean, like, God of War is not coming to Game Pass, obviously, for obvious reasons. But anything on par of that, um, I think it's kind of like a larger systemic Microsoft issue where they just don't have the in-house first-party studios, or they're working on it anyway. Um, but, like, there's been a lot of really small stuff, medium stuff, that's been debuting on Game Pass. So I'm happy about that. I know that not everybody is in the same boat as me. Not everybody wants 
the middle or the indie or the small games. But I, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. But the thing that I was going to say about this story, which is interesting and kind of dumb, is that even though they're dropping subscribers, it's still profitable. So it's still a very profitable aspect to Sony business. So that's good news for them. But the dumb thing was, uh, this was quoted in VGC News online, and this was a story reported by Andy Robinson. I want to give him due credit because I'm, I'm taking his info here. Um, Sony CFO Hiroki Totoki, he blamed this. How <laughs> do you see this? He blamed the third party subscriptions and PlayStation 4 sales because people are going outdoors. Oh, that's I've that's heard the problem. Something about that. Yeah, that's they're really touching the grass now. Yes, they're touching grass and they're going outdoors. So if people would simply stop touching the grass and stay inside, Sony's income would go back up and people would resubscribe. So clearly it's your fault because the outside exists. That's silly. I mean, again, there's also <laughs> seasonal things. Like, people are just, like, getting rid of subscriptions in general. Like, yeah, yeah, right? Because yeah. that's a, a ebb and flow. Like, you go, oh, okay, totally, totally. I don't need Hulu anymore. Or I do. Or exactly, I, exactly. Like, last night, I got Peacock. I got it again mm-hmm. because again, I yes. wanted to watch SNL Live, right? Yep, yep, yep. And then I'll get rid of it at some point, you know? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. anyways, I think that's just natural. It's almost like the weather or something. Um, or seasonal, I should say. But yeah. I'm going to stick with the fact that, like, even though PlayStation, yeah, was carrying over a bunch of subscribers, they still they're 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 fine. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, not, they're fine. It's oh yeah, like, they're fine. It, when when we talk about Game Pass, I think a lot. Not to make too long of a tangent, I just feel like the rhetoric is like, oh, it's the best thing in the world, and it's like, and it's it's the reason why people are going to Xbox. But like, there's a ton of people who just live on PlayStation. They don't care about getting oh, sure. something new. You oh, know, sure. like it's just like no, I just. I'm just a subscriber of this. This is my game system, and that's it. So. Oh, yeah. Some people, you know, you, not everybody is like we are. I mean, not everybody. I mean, I think the vast majority of people, if you really looked at it, would have one console, and they would just stay there. We, we're on the fringe, right? Like, I'm a lifelong gamer, hardcore. I'm the fucking editor of a goddamn website. Of course I need to have all the systems. And I see that as my normal, but that's not normal for everybody. Like, when people come to my house, which is never, but before COVID and stuff, they'd be like, holy shit, what's going on in here? We're in a fucking internet cafe. And I'm like, no, this is my living room. Because, yeah. you know, my wife plays, my son, my kid plays, and we have TVs all over the place. We have, you know, cords all over the place. And that's just normal for us. But I realize I'm, like, on the far extreme. And probably you're on the far extreme because you've got PC, you've got Xbox, PlayStation. But for those people who just have one console, you know, you pick your lane and you stay there. And that's just kind of the, the natural order of things for most people, I think. Yeah. Well, did you have anything else on that story? or do No, we no, just that. On? I just thought it was ridiculous that guy kept talking about people going outside is the reason yeah, that no. PlayStation... I mean, don't even say that. That's so dumb. Don't even say it. it yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who'd say a lot of dumb things on the internet right now. That is that is fucking true. That is true. Uh, a second story that's kind of related was PlayStation <laughs> mentioned their uh, PSVR 2. Oh, yeah. And they gave us the price, and they said it's next February, um, five fifty. Really yeah. expensive. Feel like that's pretty spent. You get a Steam Deck for that. Yes, but um, also I'll credit uh, Max from IGN because I was listening to him talk about this. Uh, the last PSVR, the first one, was about four fifty, I think, or four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And then you still had to buy the Move controllers and everything. Mm-hmm. So it turned out to be around the same price. Yeah. And the difference is, I don't know if you've been watching, but the PSVR two is sick. Like it's got some cool ash motion tracking. Um, in the helmet, right? So everything is just much more clean, like a Quest 2 or something. And it just feels like an all-in-one device. Like, you don't have to buy a bunch of extra shit this time. It's all there. It's all better. Like, hardcore better. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of good titles. I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn, 
you know, PSVR version, um, it's obviously a second game. It's not like the actual game. Right. But still, like, there's just a ton of stuff that I got to say, when I played PSVR, like, I had a great time because there wasn't enough games, but that headset was very comfortable. I mean, probably the most comfortable I've had, you know, hands down. I don't know if we talked about that, but even my Quest 2, like, kind of slips off my head all the time. And so I'm excited to put on another helmet that's, like, really comfortable because I think they know how to do it really well. And then secondly, to have some pretty fun, you know, first-party or, like, you know, third-party titles come out for it. Well, you know, I'm not really in the market for VR stuff, but my kid is really jonesing for it, like, pretty hard. Um, uh, They're putting on the screws, and they're like, dad, 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 VR. And it sucks that, like, um, I think both of their uh, friends have a vr i don't think they have the same one but like you know in that age group 13 14 15 um there definitely seems to be some adoption at least in my social circle so that's kind of putting pressure on me um, i was recently looking at the psvr um probably not gonna buy a second ps5 we only have one in the house and that's mine and because we're kind of like an xbox family this generation but uh i don't think we will probably get a second ps5 but maybe i would let my kid play one but um, the, the interesting twist to the story is that a rumor, or at least strongly reported, it's going to be direct sale only. It seems like Sony is, at the moment anyway, uh, not announcing any retail partnerships. It's going to be, you have to order it from like PlayStation.com or whatever. So a lot of uh, retailers are feeling like maybe they're getting cut out right now. They're going to be missing that initial rush and they're feeling kind of burned. And so people are thinking that's not a really smart move on Sony's side. Not really sure why they are instigating this kind of like yeah, you guys don't get in here on the gravy train until later on. You know, it's possible they could do some retail sales later, and that seems to be probably what they're going to do, but this is kind of confusing to people. I'm not sure if it's a supply issue or if there's some other issue going on, but that's kind of the buzz I'm hearing is uh, retailers are kind of irritated with them right now. Yeah, I didn't hear about that, and also I'm trying to think of a reason, and I think the only reason would be, obviously, uh, you've heard, we've all talked about always on the show that, you can't get new systems still, kind of. Yeah, it's um, still a problem, for sure. So it maybe they control the supply and, like, the the portal of how you can get it. Maybe it makes it easier for them. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a supply issue. I can't understand. I mean, I can't. I mean, who knows, right? I don't know, but right. it doesn't seem to be, like... Right, if you're, like, giving it to Target or if you could just could do it all yourself, I feel like maybe that helps you then? I mean, I, I feel like you would want to get this out to as many people as possible. So why would you limit that? Because, I mean, there's a certain percentage of people who are not going to buy something like from Sony.com regardless. Like you're going to get your early adopters and your hardcore folks. But like, you know, Joe Blow off the street or whatever, or like, you know, person who's just kind of like looky looing at the Target shelf is not going to see it there. They're not going to buy it there. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens um, and, and how that affects their partnerships with retail in the future. So yeah, I don't, TBD, I guess. Yeah. TBD. And I don't think it, it gut, my gut is it's not a good move, but at the same time, I think the only reason it would be is because again, you've got to ship stuff to retailers. Then they give it to the customer. That's just one extra leg of, you know, distribution. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, we'll see. We we'll will see. see. I don't have the answer on that. What else you got, Carlos? The other thing about services before hmm. I leave services is, um, uh, Netflix, they've talked about doing games before. They have this weird thing where they click out to a mobile game that's not really gaming. It's weird. Like, um, it's active right now, right? It's already happening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. no one uses that. I mean, no offense, Netflix. Come on. Uh, it's just mobile games. No one even knows about it, really. Yeah, it's it's not um, even on their homepage or anything. But the article came out somewhere. Don't do my homework. That said uh, they're finally going to do cloud streaming, which is funny because of Stadia just 
failing, but Netflix maybe their better infrastructure, better delivery bandwidth. I'm not, I don't know, but that they're talking about doing a cloud gaming service. So I mean, you like basically just, you just go to the homepage, right, and you go, I want to click this new show or I want to play this game. Like if you're on your PC interface, because we watch Netflix. I mean, like as I would imagine, most people do, or at least a good portion on our actual TV. Um, I don't usually watch it on my computer or laptop. I mean, it's got to be just for that, right? I mean, unless there's a couple games you can play with your, like... I mean, what, you got to buy, like, a second controller if you want to play it through your TV, maybe? That sounds like Stadia, doesn't it? Um, It kind of does. But, so maybe they might just, like, be filling the void for Stadia because people did want to believe in it, and maybe they have a better infrastructure. And also, they have a customer base that's crazy, right? So that's their biggest thing, is, like, we already have these people coming to our homepage, so... If we put a game on that homepage, it's probably going to get played. But by the way, I almost exclusively watch Netflix on my PC. So that's really? what's different. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And, and it must be said, because we talk about this all the time, you know, I'm on my PC and you're not. I bought one a while ago when I had a job a PC? and I had money. Yeah. Okay. And it's one of the nicest PCs I've ever owned. It's an all-in-one and it's super widescreen, um, very big. I don't know what size this is, but it seems, you know, the size of a good it's like a large it's like a large yeah it's a large it's extra large and then um and it's like a 4k so it's like this is almost you know equal to my tv sure sure um so yeah i just like live on this thing so i don't interesting interesting i wonder how prevalent that is these days because of you know i'm certainly from a a previous generation and so are you but you're kind of keeping up with the pc side of things more than i am you know you're still kind of like living the single guy lifestyle and i'm more like the the settled family dude so our, our needs and our time spent at home is different i wonder how many people these days are using like a pc kind of like you said like as an all-in-one device like it's my information it might be my remote job it's also my tv uh maybe it's my gaming as well i wonder how many people are living that lifestyle i'd be I, curious i would say that's a lot a probably lot more than i think than yeah. you think yeah I, dude. yeah i think you're right because i, I right. talk to a lot of people that that's what we do you know like yeah it's just almost like it's secondary to go to the tv like it's a it's a weirder thing yeah for me yeah. now you know Interesting. Boy, Anywho, modern life, huh? Modern life. Modern life. I need to go touch grass. Um, what is grass? Where do you touch it? I don't know. It's outside. What's um, outside? <laughs> what, what's, um, I go outside more than you do, for sure. You do. You definitely do. Um, so w- what do you got on your side? I just have one thing. Um, I wanted to circle back and talk about Signalis, which we talked about, oh, I don't know, last episode or the episode before or something like this, um, just to kind of circle back and follow up. Uh, my initial impressions of it were really good, and I still really like it a lot. This is um, coming from a small team. It's uh, kind of a isometric or semi-top-down, uh, very, very, very homage-ish sort of experience, touching back to, not grass, but uh, Silent Hill or Resident Evil, the old-school like, you know, kind of tank controls rather than evil. Not that this game has tank controls, but like walking around the hallways, got a flashlight, got a gun, you know, lots of keys, tons of keys and puzzles and stuff like old school Resident Evil and also the weirdness, psycho trippiness of Silent Hill. Uh, but it's set in space. Your main character is a replica, which is not a human being, but something that is based off of a human being and is different in a couple of ways. Not going to get into the weeds here, um, but I, overall, I really liked it. And I played it a lot. It did not seem like my jam because I don't like um, keys shaped like chess pieces and locks that are shaped like shields or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm kind of, like, done with that. Like, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, and I kind of don't like survival horror very much anymore. But this one was really clicking for me, mostly on the base, basis of the story, which you so rightly called out, I think, last episode, saying there's a lot of parallels to Moon, the film... Um, 
by Duncan, what's his name, who is the son of David Bowie. I forget what his name is. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, That guy. Duncan Jones, I think his name is, the director. Um, right. Yeah, so, like, that movie was great, and I love that movie. This has a lot of those same echoes in the game, and I think that's what was keeping me in. I'm so curious about the story, so curious about the setting. I wanted to see where it was going to go. Liked it a lot, and I, I powered through. I got stuck a couple times, but I powered through the stuckness, and I got what to what I thought was the end. Now, we talked about this last time, didn't we, or did we? We did, yeah. We did, okay. So I thought I finished it. Actually didn't finish it. There was a secret other bit at the end. I was two seconds away from deleting it off my hard drive because I thought I was done. Saw credits and everything. And then I saw somebody mention there was this other section that I didn't know what they were talking about. I'm like, wait a minute, what? And I went back and checked. And there's a whole, like, two more sections after you roll credits and quote-unquote finish the game that you got to keep going. And the game doesn't really tell you that, which I was really kind of pissed off about because... Mm. I was just about to quit and move on with my life, and I didn't finish the game. So I went back into it, and I really wanted to finish the game. But you know what I did? I fucking noped out, and I'll tell you why. Um, I was maybe 15, well, I don't know, maybe 15, 20, maybe maybe no more than an hour away from the end. And that's, that's being generous. I think it's probably shorter than that. But this second section, not only, number one, I was mad because I didn't even know it was there. I just happened to find it on accident. Um, so I feel like that was kind of, <laughs> I don't know, like disrespectful in some way or something like you're not even going to let me know that there's even this whole other section to go to i was going to walk away and not even realize i didn't finish the game that's that to me feels dirty somehow and i'm not quite sure how but i feel i feel somehow disrespected by that well it's weird because there was credits there was rolled fucking credits and everything a little achievement yeah. popped and all that stuff a little cut scene at the end so it, it felt to me like it was over um but beyond that i get to this next section and it is just like doubling down on the puzzles and then it doubles down on the combat and i realized that in the last time we talked about this i was like oh you know it would be cool if they kind of let go of the puzzles and just kind of lean into the combat at least for the end section to give you more of an adrenaline rush which they did but then they they doubled the combat but then doubled the puzzles and i'm like by this time i'm so tired of the puzzles like um so many just weird puzzles and a lot of them that don't make sense i know some of them did and those are good but I feel like the puzzles in this game had to be reduced by like 90% and then I would feel like it's in a much better space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to circle back and say, despite the fact that I really liked this game a lot, I gave it a lot of love when I talked about it on the show, um, I really cooled off. And in fact, I completely noped out. And by the time I was in the second uh, second post-game section, I was just done. I was tired of doing the puzzles. I was tired of running back and forth. I was tired of shooting the enemies that get back to life. I was like, okay, I'm just... You have worn me out, Signalis. You have worn out my goodwill. You have worn me out physically, and I'm done with this. So it's yeah. really disappointing because I feel like if they had tightened it up, less puzzles, and just kind of got in, got out, and didn't play that little surprise bit at the end, I feel like I would have had a really good experience with it, and I would probably recommend it to people. But now I feel like it just it doesn't know when to quit, and it just kept going and going, and it was just it was just too much. Well, can you just say that you you know you had a good time with the part that you played in the credits when you rolled it, and that's it. You that's know? fair that's fair that's when i got like to the, the fake ending i had a good point a good experience up to the fake ending yeah and if i had noped out at that point i would have said that was a good ending and i was fine and i was happy with it um but but they really just they really got on my bad side in that final leg and it just really soured me on the whole thing mm. so anyway just wanted to follow that, that back up because i know we often talk about games here we talk about a lot of games and there's no way we can finish every game that we talk about in the show and and a lot of times because so many games have good experiences in the first hour two three four hours but then save their shit for the end because it's less polished people know that less people play that far so they spend a lot of time in the beginning at the end i i want to make sure that we do our due diligence when we can to say hey this game was good all the way through right oh this game had a good first two hours then it got shitty um we don't get to say that for every game but in this case i did have the chance i did want to say 
strong start, strong middle, but boy, it really, really turned me off by the end. So. Yeah, I think in the beginning of the show, we should probably bring some games back more. That's a good time for it in housekeeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we um, if we get that chance, let's do it. Yeah, and I'll do that for a couple of games that we might talk about today. Also, though, um, yeah, we'll talk about Star Ocean later, and I can talk about uh, how they, what you just said, they drop the ending sometimes, but like yeah. things happen weird at the ending sometimes because you're like. I'm in uncharted territory here. Oh, Um, yeah. People sometimes don't get to this spot. Uh, Anywho, let's uh, move on. I think we're done with housekeeping. Yeah, I think we're done with housekeeping. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into the main portion of the show here. So, folks, I'm going to give you um, just a warning, a disclaimer. Today is one of those days, for me anyway, I don't think for Carlos, but for me, where I save up a bunch of games that I feel like are probably not going to hit with me, but I have an obligation to kind of cover them anyway. So I save them all up for one big show where I'm going to just burn through a bunch of stuff where I'm like, didn't like it, didn't like it, didn't like it, didn't like it, didn't like it. But I will say I do end strong with two really great picks, which I'm very happy with. But the first couple ones I'm going to talk about, uh, not great. So full disclosure, if you're a person who doesn't like to hear the negativity, maybe skip my sections and jump to the end. Uh, But I'll do my best to get through these. And but we're going to start we're going to start with Carlos. Okay. I have no idea whether this is good or bad, but Wavetail, mm. uh, PC, and this is a, was this preview or was this full game? I think this is, oh, I think I have the full game, but it's not out yet, so it's a preview. Wait, should we check? Did we look at the embargo? We should check. Go ahead and start talking. I'm pretty sure it's fine. I wouldn't okay. put it on the show. It's if it probably was pretty soon, I think, uh, but I don't think it's out yet. Cover it as normal. Cover it as normal. Cover it as normal. So it's from Thunderful Games. I forgot what else they do. Oh, they do lots of stuff. They're the SteamWorld people. Oh, they that's did that right. Downhill, that downhill mountain biking game. Um, I forget what that one's called, but it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, lots so of stuff. put out a lot of great games. Um, so this game is, uh, what should I say? How should I say? Um, this is not a negative thing. I'm trying to think of a positive way. It's like wel- a welcome surprise is what it is. Okay, a, cool. A welcome surprise. Um, I saw some of the videos and some of the pictures, but I try not to look at any of it because I wanted to be surprised. Huh? Yeah, there you go. There you go. And um, yeah, what this game is, is a third person action adventure type game. You play as a girl, uh, Sigrid, and she is on an island in this area where all the cities were um, flooded. So everything's underwater. And there's a few things that are above water. And in these little islands that you live on, you live with your grandmother, who is like a stern grandmother and really fun and, and uh, voice acted very well. And she's like, uh, you know, holding down the fort. And you basically live on this little island and series of islands. And there's this uh, fog that rolls around. And there's all these creatures that are bad uh, called the Dirty Paws. And they're Are around. you serious? Yeah, they're called Dirty Paws. Oh, my God. Okay. Why? Is that a thing that you, about something? That just sounds like, like you're watching um, an 80s uh cartoon on saturday morning and they're really warm and colorful and safe for nice. kids and yeah. the bad guys are called the dirty paws well That's it's it's like kind of like uh, it's funny you alluded to that because it's kind of like um it is a heartwarming game it feels really good and yummy like this is a really <laughs> relaxing yummy game which by the way i mentioned before on the article i just did uh over at taming gaming as well as what i use star ocean for is you know, when you're having a tough time with life, it's nice to get these warm games that make you feel good. This is what that does, right? So, um, yeah, like it, it, there's monsters and you do have to fight them, but they're not like the core thing of the game. It's really about like exploring this world and trying to figure out um, how to help grandma and also help the, the villagers who like live in these little islands. 
So, so let me so let me ask you a question. I, yeah. I feel like we're bearing the lead here. Like, so I mean, the thing about this game is like you swim and stuff, right? That's the whole point of it, right? I'm getting there. Okay, all right. That's like <laughs> I'm looking at the video and I'm like, I haven't heard Carlos mention swimming yet, and it seems like all I'm looking at is swimming right here. I know. So okay, so you got the setup right. Third person, run around, jump, da- dash, a dash. That's a dash and a dodge together. Jamp and dash. You jamp and dash. Dash. Um, So the dodge is very good, by the way. I like the dodge. Okay. Um, It's just kind of a quick dodge, you know, the little jump back kind of move, but it's very well. Um, And at some point in the very early part of the game, you know, there's this fog that rolls around. There's these creatures. You're on the islands. Um, They're like a little creature shows up. Again, this is the very beginning of the game. And it's underwater, and it stays underwater, and it kind of looks like you a little bit, but like an Atlantean, you know, <laughs> like an underwater. Like it's got fins or something. It looks something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so this creature does this really cool thing in the beginning of the game, where it sticks its foot up in the air, and it's upside <laughs> down, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're like, what is it doing? It's like trying to be like nice. It's like trying to be welcoming, because normally the water's scary. You don't want to go in the water, and so it basically is saying to the girl come here and step on my foot and so you step on the foot and then for the rest of the game it's basically the inverse of you underwater and then it allows you to walk on water but then by doing that it also lets you swim and surf on water so it's like helping you whoever this creature is and you can do all those things you saw in the trailer which you can traverse and basically surf and it is so relaxing like okay. they nailed it, dude. Just they, the motion, the, the swimming, motion, the, all that stuff. You you yeah. you hit right trigger to speed up, and when you speed up, it feels so good. And then you jump and do a little bit of tricks. You know, you can go under the water for a little while with your little friend, and go really fast, and then come back up and jump really high. It feels amazing. Like it's so fun. Uh, and then you just do it to traverse to you know mainly other areas, right? So. There's also that grappling hook thing, which a lot of games have. When you do that, you know, you can jump up to a higher area. Again, you kind of surf through tubes a little bit. And you're always picking up things. So you're collecting things for cosmetic upgrades. You're also picking things up for the missions. So there's these things called sparks, and you got to get them to power power things like generators and stuff. Um, but so far, the story is just heart- heartwarming. You meet friends. You meet people uh, who are kind of like covered in gunk. It actually feels like the, the the game the gunk a little bit. Okay. Where okay. there's like this kind of black ooze everywhere, and if you you know hit it with your uh, whatever you got your attack thing, you'll get rid of it. And also like the villagers are stuck in the gunk, so you know you kind of free them from it. And so you're kind of doing that. There's a collectathon kind of game as well, so you're picking up things for people to do side quests. But it's just heartwarming and good, and feels great. And I couldn't stop playing it. I was like, this is a surprise. Excellent. Excellent. Well, yeah. um, I, I double checked. We are definitely outside of the uh, the embargo. So we're fine to talk about it. And uh, this is just kind of in a preview sense. It's not ready for uh, release yet. But it sounds great. I'm, I'm watching the video. It looks so cool. Just like the the leaping and the water and the, the diving and stuff. Like it seems very fluid and fast and kind of. Just, uh, I don't know, just real flowing everywhere. I mean, it feels, and you're saying it feels great, so that's wonderful. I wonder, um, watching the video is very cool, but I don't quite get a sense of, like, is there also, like, on-ground regular platforming stuff, or are you in the water, like, 90% of the time? You're in the water, like, 20% of the time. 
Oh, really? Okay, yeah. interesting. Like I was saying, you kind of traverse the different islands with that, and it's fun. And I think the later on, probably later game, they'll do some kind of missions, you know, that are mainly focused on that. But for right now, all of it's about platforming, uh, a wow. jump, a jump, and a double jump, which by the way is very good. Okay. Uh, the attacking of the monsters and cleaning up the of the mm. kind of goop stuff, and you know, finding things for people on side missions. So. And also, by the way, all the art is awesome. The art is so cool. The it's colors, just, too. I love colors. Colors are cool. It's like a hand-drawn, but also pixelated. And then in the little notebook that you pick up, you pick up all these different, like, you know, up, updates to your notebook. And it's telling you about the world, right? And all those little drawings in the notebook are so cool. They're just, like, really uh, detailed and stuff. And I just, like, I'm excited to find out little new stories to put in that book, which normally I'm not. Uh, and then, yeah, you're like really kind of like going up high onto these like towers, you know, or big uh, portions of the city that are still there and you're trying to find things. So, yeah. And, and again, it's voice acted so well. It's not voice acted the whole time, but it's voice acted a lot. And the grandma is so heartwarming yet mean, you know, and uh, or stern. She's stern. Gruff, perhaps. Gruff, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, I like it a lot. I think it's really done well. Um I, I can't stop playing it. It's it's really seldom I say that for a game like this, which is just kind of a simple action adventure game where you do some combat. But it feels like the gunk in the way that I think I'm just going to like beat it quick. Like the gunk was the same way. I was like, I can't believe I'm enjoying this so much. Oh, my goodness. And then I just beat it. A lot um, of momentum to a, a game like this. Yeah, there really is a lot of momentum. Yeah, because yeah, you, you're kind of jumping to the next uh, point, you know, and then you're you can have some fun in the water and – I can't recommend it enough. Wavetail, a surprise, a big surprise. Excellent. I'm really glad to hear you say that because I was very curious about this one. I didn't want to um, play it on PC. I'm sure it's coming to all the consoles. I'd be very shocked if it didn't. But it just looks so warm and colorful. The colors are just, you know, the blues and the pinks and everything. And the way that that person is just like on the water. I was kind of surprised to hear you say there was so much on ground because most of the videos are featuring the water play. Uh, that's not a thing I should say. Um <laughs> Uh, but you know what I mean? Like the diving and the dashing and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so it looks very cool. I'm definitely, I'm definitely into something like this. I haven't played anything so kinetic and so, I don't know, just like freewheeling in quite a while. It would be nice to do something where you're just kind of frolicking, you know? Yeah. I feel like uh, they keep alluding to other like townspeople being surfers. Uh, but I haven't like found, you know, a section so far of the game that's just about that. But I'm guessing it's coming because, like, you know, you're doing a lot of uh, tricks and stuff on the water. So I bet that's going to be a quest line at some point, And maybe I'll be even surfing with other people. But okay. it's just a, and also a very novel idea. Like this little creature is the inverse of you, like on underneath the water the whole time. Very that's weird. weird. Yeah, kind of strange. Interesting. Yeah. All right, cool. Wavetail coming from Thunderful as a publisher, I believe. I don't think they're the studio, but I think they are putting it out. So cool. Keep an eye out for that one. Sounds great. Check it out. Wait, hold on. I want to get the developer because I don't like not knowing that. Oh, Damn. it's both. It's it's developed and published by oh, them. Oh, okay. Nice surprise. Excellent. Yeah. Well, they make great games. I'm sure we are going to be in good hands then. So right on. Um, all right. Let me talk for – let me let me burn through a couple of these here. Uh, I'll get through – this is kind of unprecedented, but looking at the rest of the show, let me get through four that I don't like. Holy then... crap. Well, before you get going, hold on. I get yeah, to yeah, settle yeah. in. Settle in. probably a, get a pot of coffee. Get a also, coffee. Get a blanket maybe if you want. I might need that. Pillow. But also, it is Vampire Survivors. I was right. Yeah, okay. Vampire Survivor. That didn't sound right. Survivors. Survivors. It's, it is. It's, it's a weird name. Hmm. It's right, a it's super addictive game, though. It's making me think of that one that's also Darkstalkers, but they call it Vampire Survivor in Japan. So maybe 
I was oh, thinking, you know, okay. maybe there's like an international issue there. But yeah, same name, but different game, depending on what continent you're on, I guess. So, I, I, anyway. And actually, I am going to go get a, like a cookie to, to chew on. Right go now. ahead. So I'll I'm be talking get for a while. You, you, you start, time. and you I'll be right back one second. Here you go. Right. Go. Uh, so talking about Space Tale, uh, this is a new 2D platforming game where you play as a dog. Uh, who I guess goes to some training program, bonds with this kid, but then they ship the dog off to space. So you're supposed to go through the expected like tear jerking kind of story where, you know, the, the dog wants to get back to the boy and you're assuming the boy wants to get back to the dog. But the, the dog ends up on some planet somewhere and he's got a very cute little spacesuit on. He's got a little helmet, like the bubble style helmet where he's uh, breathing air inside that thing. And it just seems it seems like at first, like you're going to get like a pretty pretty uh light-hearted platformy sort of thing where it's just really probably about the kid and the dog and the story and whatnot that's actually not what you what you get this is mm. what kind of threw me for a loop um it actually ended up being kind of a technical and really difficult platformer which i found to be pretty unpleasant um so first off once you get into the planet where you're at and you're controlling the dog i feel like the physics of it are off. I feel like the dog moves too fast, like the momentum is too fast. I felt like he just kind of is, is it's too skittish and squirrely, and I feel like he should move a little bit slower. Um, so that was kind of weird. I just felt like it was all just a little bit too jerky. There's also this other thing where they rush you through the tutorial, and I feel like there's a lot more than you would expect going on in this game. In fact, too much. Um, for example, you run and jump, you can um, crawl as a dog also, all the dog things you'd expect, but there's also a menu button that you hit that has a, a menu of three selections, sight, smell, and sound. And those are all like different filters that you can see the world through. So you're, you're constantly flipping through, oh, maybe I need the sight filter to see something that I can't normally see. Or maybe I need the smell filter to smell something I can't normally do, which kind of sucks to me because I feel like it would be great if those things were implemented just without having to pull up a filter, just like in the world, like, you know, you'll see a puff of smoke, but you don't see anything. You click over to the menu, select smell, and then it becomes green. And I was like, oh, green's dangerous. Watch out for that one. And then um, it would be better if you were just like walking through the level and you saw the green smoke without having to go through the filter. Mm. It just is, you know, like one less hoop to jump through to get that information. Um, but there's a lot going into this. And I feel like it didn't really teach me very well. Like you're you're walking through and then you got to remember, oh, check this other filter. Should I check for smell? Oh, check for hearing. Uh, how, how far can I hear? Like you're just, there's a lot to manage. It feels very fiddly. And one of the very first things that I got stuck on was the game tells you your scent, not what you're smelling, but how the dog smells is changed by if you happen to go into water. So like you smell like a regular dog at first, you go in dirty water, you smell like, I guess, dirty wet dog. And then you need to smell a different way by going into clean water. So you're also managing like how you smell yourself. What? which is on top of the three filters of your different senses, which is on top of the, the platforming, which is too fast, which is really lethal platforming. There's lots of spikes. Um, I died like a bunch in the very first level because I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm just dying left and right. Um, it just was very too much, uh, too much going on, too much at the beginning, too much to handle. I wanted a much slower ramp up. And I think that's kind of a common theme with most of the games I did not care for this week was not being very mindful of the player's experience when starting your game. And I get this is a common common problem in indie space where indie developers have an idea and they like their idea. I mean, of course you like it. Otherwise, why would you make this game? And they just they just like they kind of get carried away with themselves and they forget what it feels like to be a person 
who has not been making this game for two years in a row, right? And so often, like, they'll rush you in, throw you a bunch of stuff. They want you to get the good part or what they think is the good part. And what ends up happening is, like, you just feel like your face is blasted off because there's too much happening. It's going too quickly. You're not familiar with the systems, the way the developers are. And you just kind of nope out, right? Like, I... These days, and I've said this before on the show, these days there are so many choices and so many affordable choices, so many platforms, so many games to play that you cannot give someone a game and think, I want you to want to get into this game because if there's even any friction at all, it's so easy to just go play something else. Yeah. Um, you got to really like take your time, welcome a person, give them a hug, give them that cookie, give them the blanket, say, hey, this is a really good time for you. Not that I'm saying it has to be easy. I'm just saying explain yourself, explain your concepts, go slow, don't overwhelm the player. I mean, be challenging or whatever you want to, but like, but there's a difference between a game that is challenging and a game where I just don't understand what the fuck is going on because you told me 17 different menu prompts in the first five seconds and I don't remember yeah. them now. You know what I mean? I want to add to that real quick. One, yeah. I think that uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but like so many of the games also that, uh, that bother me is when they do have so many different systems and yes. you're like, I'm just trying to get a hold of this first system so yeah, I can exactly. understand. Exactly, 100%. So dude. it just happened to me, like, I don't know, with like three or four games this, this week. Um, so I, I get that. Secondly, I will say, to go back to Wavetail, uh, you know, they did it right. And the fact that, like, they introduced jumping, right? And then there was, like, the wave thing wasn't even a thing. It was just jumping and you dodging. You just, like, jump for a while, right? Yeah, I dodge. I learned yeah. how to fight yeah. monsters. I learned more of the story. Here's sure. the key thing, right? And this is a tangent now is because like, I think a key thing is, you know, we're deciding to spend our time on this thing, whatever it is, piece of entertainment, Netflix show, whatever. We are spending our actual lifespan. Actual lifespan time, yes. right? Because we don't have so much lifespan. Exactly. Um, and so what we want to do is get invested. And that's why we'll keep doing whatever it is. Like, exactly. I, I finally, like a lot of other people, noped out of Westworld. And they just got canceled, by the way. Um, and so, um, but like, you know, they invest, you know, I got invested in the beginning in the first season and for certain reasons, right? They did certain triggers and they got me in and they kept me for the whole season. There's the same thing with games. And so like with Wavetail, they got me invested in the story because the grandmother's voice acting was really good, right? That's important. Like it the voice important. acting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I, I care about my grandma. I, I'm, I'm not this girl, but I am this girl now. I'm Sigrid, you know? Exactly. And then they said, okay, now you can do this weird thing where you can go in the water. And then they showed me tricks a little bit, not too much. And then they're like, go back to the thing you know, which is platforming. I'm actually doing this in real time to show you how, how it should be done. And then you do the platforming again. You're like, oh, I feel good about this. Oh, there's the yeah. combat again. I feel good about this. And then they added puzzles. Right, but they added the puzzles after what I just after told you. After you'd mastered everything they had showed yes. you before, yes. And then exactly. I felt very, very good. And again, I kept going like, man, to myself, I was like, they did everything right. <laughs> yeah, it's a skill. It's a fucking skill. It really is. And Thunderful, um, who was Imogen Form before, they're great at that. I mean, that's one of their best skills. Their games are really masterful and 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 teaching like systems and abilities and challenges like in a, in a pace that you can learn them and that's that's great for any game developer and i feel like most of these games that i don't like today are stumbling at that mm -hmm. i mean this game space tale i would have really liked that the first level was hey no spike traps uh no instant death which had both of those things let me just walk around a little bit let me talk to the boy or let me find just you know just something small let me jump a couple times 
let me do the smell thing a couple times, but nothing too overwhelming. And then once I feel like I've got a lock on that, then the next level is like, oh, okay, well now you got to crawl and then you got to use your hearing for something. Like it was just like way too much, way too fast. And all of it was lethal if you didn't get it right. And it was like, are you kidding me? Like a sp like instant kill spike traps in this game with a cartoony dog wearing a spaceman helmet. That does right. not, that does not jive to me. So by the way, real quick to that point, And this is another thing I didn't mention. And this is just like, really an extended wavetail review but um <laughs> i tell you what they also did right one not instant death right so yeah. it's I, always a bummer dude always i think bummer. i got hurt a, a couple times in the beginning but like it was fine i didn't have to even heal myself you know and yeah. secondly and oh my goodness god bless him for this no stamina so oh, good yeah so i'm yeah. dodging as much as i want and then when you jump there's a new move you learn later on you can hold the button down and float for a while you know Nice, nice. And am I am I running out of float time? Nope. Nope. Not at all. Ever. Nice. Ever. Nice. And so it's like, oh, until I want to stop hitting the button, that's when I'll drop. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh, it just opens up the world. And you're like, I can just do whatever I want in here. Yeah, I mean, that seems pretty great. And to, to support the kind of experience that they seem clearly they are going for, which is wonderful. And I'm glad it's not Souls-like. In fact, I'm going to applaud every game that does not have a stamina meter from now on because oh, I'm yes. kind of just over it. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's just a real skill. And I feel like Space Tail, um, I don't think that they have their aesthetic matching with their gameplay. And I think they really fumbled the opening like pretty hard. Um, I, I bet they're probably a group of really nice people. I bet they have... Um, a really clear idea in mind of what they want to do, but I don't feel like they were successful in getting me into their world. And I did not get invested. In fact, I just, I bounced off it really hard. So, all right. All right. Same story again with paper cut mansion. Uh, this one just came out recently. It is a, just about a top down roguelike. And I guess one of the initial hooks, and you might be able to tell this from the title is all the graphics look like they are paper craft. Um, it looks like somebody took a piece of paper, cut out some shapes and then glued them into like 3d shapes. Um, as if you were doing kind of like a weird origami, um, sort of a, a thing that the levels are made out of paper. The characters made out of paper. He walks like he's got like, like he's made of sheets of paper kind of. Um, so that's an interesting, interesting aesthetic. Um, I don't know that it really makes a lot of sense with what the game actually is, but it's an aesthetic. Um, because to me, if you're going to do that kind of thing, then everything about that game should have to like interact with the paper, but it ends up feeling kind of just like, a, I mean, it could just be like a regular character and regular graphics. It still would work. So um, a little bit of missed opportunity there. Um, you start off the game and the game, even in the opening song says, I don't know why I'm here. I'm just doing this stuff. And I'm like, yep, that is accurate because I don't know what's going on. You're walking along a road. You see a spooky house. You get sucked in the house. Boom. You're inside the house. And then you're like doing stuff and mm -hmm. you don't know why you're just there. Um, this game, I feel like, oh man, this, I bounced off this so hard and so fast. Uh, it's very confusing. They don't they don't give you a good story to start off with, so you don't know what you're doing or why you're doing it. Um, they have a bunch of systems that just kind of hit you in the face all at once and don't explain very much of them. Um, and you're kind of searching around and solving puzzles. And like right off the bat, I found some puzzle that needed like three or four different digits. And there was like this other like letter letter order puzzle, like tons of puzzles. Um, but you're walking around, you got a flashlight and you're um, like in this random house, there's no map. And so the house is really big. So you're walking from room to room from a top down perspective. And I was going in circles because I'm like, is this the same room? Because it's all made of paper. 
and these rooms all have the same kind of furniture in them, like a lot of reused assets, right? And so, oh, is this room with the clock? Oh no, this is a different room with another clock. Okay, nope, that's just a thing. I got circle, like circling myself like over and over and over, which was not great. And on top of that, being lost um, because uh, I'm not great without a map. There are also these quote unquote dimensions to the house. And you'll like walk into a room, there's like a rip in space time fabric. And I'm like, oh, inter in different dimension. What does that mean? All it means is they change the color filter of the house that you're already in and what's in the house changes. So the room doesn't change except for the color. Uh, let's say you're in the kitchen. You go into like this other dimension and then instead of puzzle bits, there's enemy bits, but it's the same room, the same place that you were. And so the game is like, oh, you've got to go through the three different dimensions to figure out to solve these puzzles. And there's also combat. So watch out for that. And it was just like, dude, what is even happening here? Like, but it's also paper, but it doesn't really mean anything that it's paper. And I got to remember where I'm at and there's no map. And then there's also three different dimensions. So I could be in kitchen A, I could be in kitchen B, could be in kitchen C. It's kind of hard to tell which one you're in. And then the thing on top of that is like in every room, much like with uh, much like with the overcomplicated system in Space Tale, you have to constantly search for items. And I'm like these guys really needed to like think about why they're doing this because in every room there's like a bunch of reused furniture assets and they all have a drawer it's like a cabinet with a drawer uh, a shelf with a drawer a uh, dresser with a drawer and in every room you have to click on the drawer and the thing comes up you look at it you examine it and then you have to open the drawer and then you have to rotate it to look inside the drawer every single time multiple times in every room and i'm like Jeez. why why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you making me look at these assets over and over? What is the value in making me click on 14 dresser drawers and look in 14 drawers when that item could just be on top of the drawer or just in the room on the floor? Like, what is the point of me clicking? Is it because you're so proud of your paper craft and you think this drawer looks really cool? It does, but it looks way less cool the 17th time I'm looking at it. So there was a lot of... There's a lot of stuff in this game that doesn't make any sense. And I don't mean to disparage anybody personally. I don't know these people. I'm not trying to be insulting or anything. But like from a game design perspective, there is a lot that doesn't make any sense whatsoever in this game. Um, it starts off really poorly with too many systems. It has you doing a lot of busy work that doesn't make any, it doesn't add any value. Um, you don't get invested because you don't know what's going on. Uh, I feel like these people, again, probably had a really great idea. They probably know in their heads what they want to do and what they want the, the player to experience. But that is not communicated in the opening hours, and it does not come across at all. It just comes across as a lot of really annoying busy work that got fumbled pretty hard from square one. Ba -dum -ba -dum -ba -dum. Yeah, Papercut Mansion. Yeah, uh, it does look cool, though, too. It yeah, sucks. It looks neat, but boy, I just had nothing but a bad experience. Um, next game is Robotree. Before you um, before we get to it, let's yeah, take a yeah. let's give the listeners a quick break uh, from the downer. Okay, and, sure. And here's a positive: is uh, I just saw on Steam that uh, the Mix Next showcase is happening. Oh God, another oh, another dude. showcase. I know, but just I'm dying you know, from the showcases. Carlos. It's fine. Every it's time fine. that happens, eighty nine thousand emails show up in my inbox. Okay, well, it's happening. Just I'm telling the listeners because there are some good games I can already look at. Kaku, which I remember playing a demo of, is on there right now. Um, Skater Gator, which looks really fun. Um, Akatori uh, Brambles on there. The Last Alchemist. I've actually tried some of these already. Okay, okay. But um, and Stray Blades on there. Um, yeah, there's a ton of of like new games as well as ones that are coming very soon. So I would uh, just highly recommend that to everybody. Mix next on Steam. All right. Check that out. I'm sure there's lots of cool stuff to uh, to observe. And now back to your regular scheduled programming of yes. Debbie Downer. Two more Debbie Downers to get through. Robotry. This is one that really reminded me. You know, I like those really 
fucking balls hard physics games. Um, I know you hate them, but I, I don't I know why. Like but yes, you do. Like uh, struggling, which is one of my favorites from recent Ugh. years. I love struggling so much. Uh, I just did one recently, like two weeks ago, that was about a mountain climbing game where like one, your one stick was your left hand, one stick was your right hand. Any of these games that are like like quap like games where you're kind of like working with the physics to get the body to move. I don't know what it is. I just find them really interesting and fascinating. I find them really fun. Um, and even when they're really difficult, as long as the gra- uh, not the graphics, the physics are uh, on point, I, I feel like I can do those. Like I like those kind of challenges. It's a it's a really broken part of my brain. I don't I don't know why I like these at all, but yeah. I do. Um, so I saw one for this uh, this Robotry. It's a little robot face. It's a 2D physics game, just like those other ones. Um, and it looked kind of cool uh, in the trailer, like a little robot face with two arms sticking out of it. So it looked very much like struggling, um, except for a robot instead of chunk of flesh. So I'm fine with that aesthetic change. Um, you can also play multiplayer, which was just like most of these games as well, where uh, one person can often do like kind of a couch mode where one person's got the left hand, one person got the right hand, etc., etc. That's Why a very common you thing. Why would you ever want to do that? You wouldn't. You wouldn't want to do that. Okay. If you're drunk and you want shits and giggles, you want to laugh. You yeah. Smoke a bunch and also, of weed or something. I feel yeah. like that would like break up relationships. Totally. One hundred percent. Yeah. That absolutely would. Yeah. So don't do it with your significant other. Do it with a friend who you don't mind punching in the face or you don't mind getting <laughs> punched in the face, uh, because it's just it's a recipe for for madness, right? Um, so I play these by myself and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Robotry. I like these. I'm going to check this out. It looks cute and colorful. And I had a really great time struggling and I really like the mountain climbing one, which I don't remember. Um, but it's, I like these. I like these. So I got the code and <laughs> I just, I just about fell out of my chair, dude. I start the game up. So uh, this is apparently dedicated for multiplayer. Like I, I, I thought it was just like any of these other games I just mentioned off. And there's a bunch of other ones too, where you can play it one player. There is one player mode. But the thing that they don't tell you is when you're playing one player mode, your robot only has one leg. Um, and so I'm like, what? wait a minute, you have two sticks on your controller. And in every video, it shows you having two legs. But if you play one player mode, you've only got one leg. And I'm like, that's crazy. Why do I not have a second leg? Because I was thinking I could do one stick for each limb, just like every other fucking game in the genre. Nope. You get one leg. And I'm like, this, this can't be right. I, I went back to the main menu. I went to the two-player option thinking, oh, well, it's just me. I'll just use both sides of the controller from his own. Nope. You need to have a complete second controller uh, to do this. And I'm like, well, I, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to play this by myself because I don't need to, like, have a fight with my my kid or anything. Like, you know, we're going to come to blows if we play this game together. No way. Yeah. So I go back into the game and I'm just, I'm stunned that you can only have one leg. It's just, It's so crazy because how do you move with just one leg, Carlos? Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Do you, do you need jump? at least one more? Yeah, so, yeah, this is what happens. You go to these levels, you have your one leg, but the physics are all fucked up, and it's all weird. And instead of grabbing with your leg, you can only push off with your leg. So you're constantly pointing the opposite way that you want to go and then trying to, like, push with the stick and then trying to, like, leap, Um, which I guess kind of sort of works, but not nearly as good as dragging and grabbing, where you have more control you can, you can use the, the hand point as an anchor for the physics. In this one, you're just like leaping. And because you only have one leg, you're often falling over. It's hard to get good footing to get a good jump. Sometimes you just, you just bounce off stuff in a weird way. The physics felt very floaty to me. They did not feel correct to me um, in a way that made sense. And I play a lot of these games, dude. Like I play a lot of these. And I've finished a lot of them. So I know what I'm talking about. And this... This did not hit that zone of, like, correct physics for me to power through it. And I just could not get over that they're not giving you that second leg. I'm like, I I don't even understand why. Like, why would you do that? And so I played, like, 
a bunch of levels. I'm like, okay, so surely I'm going to get a second leg soon, right? I mean, that's gonna that's a thing that's got to happen. Nope. I, I mean, maybe there is later, but the part that I played, I didn't get the second leg. It was just level after level of, oh, yeah, just use your one leg to jump. And I'm like, this is fucking boring and fucking dumb. Why do I not have my second limb? Have you not seen any other game in this genre? I don't understand what you're doing. So I can only assume they want this to be intended as a two-player experience, which, I mean, I guess is fine. But don't give me a one-player mode that seems kind of broken and worthless. If you want this to be a two-player mode, then just say straight up, it's a two-player game and just be done with it. Right. And I would have avoided it, and I wouldn't have to be talking about it on the show right now. What's that one? Uh, no Way Home or something? Um, one Way Home? Nope. The no one where you're in prison and the, it's, it, the guy... The oh, crazy, yeah, yeah. The, two, the two prisoners. Two prisoners, yeah. Yes, that's yes, like yes. two-player only. Right. Exactly. Like, Dedicated. So to that's what only. it sounds like. This game is. It's like you yes. have to have a second person. Yeah. And just like and like I said, I mean, I keep beating this drum, but like every other game in this genre lets you do two players, one per limb. But if you don't want to, you can just do it your damn self. Every game lets you do it your damn self, except for this one. Uh, I just it's so weird to like have every video have two legs and you've got one leg. So All right. that was a bad mistake. Um, the last one I'm going to talk about here is Ghost Song. Uh, this one came to Game Pass. Oh. I believe it debuted on Game Pass. So there you go. There's a little indie game making its debut. And I've also played it. Oh, you played it. Okay, yeah, good, Yeah, because it came to Game Pass, and I just exactly. uh, installed it real quick. There you go. There you go. Um, so this is a 2D Metroidvania. Um, it's got really cool motion, hand-drawn graphics. Uh, I don't exactly know what you call this type of animation. It kind of looks like paper doll animation, where like paper dolls have little like brass brads in their joints, and they kind of like hinge on them. It's kind of a cool look. I like the way it looks. It's cool, it, and also, the, I mean, our style is awesome, but like when you, like, shoot and stuff like that because it's a kind of a platformer shooter yes 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 it does have that like um aim button so then it it does feel like um yeah what are those things with like little fasteners exactly exactly and it's like when you're you're aiming it's almost like it's another piece of the cardboard thing or something exactly you can aim and move independently so that's cool um i don't exactly know what the story is like you start off as like some kind of a robot suit or something that like looks like it's been there for a thousand years you're waking up for some reason and then you start walking through this world. Um, and it's like typical Metroidvania style of design where there's obviously some places where you're going to get a double jump later. Uh, there's some places where you don't have the tools that you need, so you're going to come back later. And you kind of just walk around. This game I, is interesting, but I mean, full disclosure, I'm not the biggest fan of Metroidvanias. Like, I like I like them okay, but I'm not going to like bust my ass to play one because, number one, there's like a thousand of them. And number two, like they all kind of follow the same template. Um it's got. I've heard this has a pretty good story. I didn't get really far enough to really enjoy the story, but like, um, this is another instance where you have to really carefully curate your beginning because what happened to me was <laughs> the same I, thing that happened to me. I bet. I bet you the same thing that happened to you. I start the game. I start walking forward. You get some tutorial messages about what you can do. I choose a way to go, and I went the way that the developers thought I wasn't going to go. Left. So, I went down. Did you go left? Oh, I went left. And you're not I, supposed to go left either, by the way. Exactly. And so what happens is I missed half the uh, half the tutorial messages because I went away. The developers thought I wasn't going to go. And so uh. you have to really plan for that. Don't let people branch out until you've done the tutorial. That's a real fucking rookie mistake. Um, I didn't realize for a while that like when you punch. When you, so you have a gun. You shoot the gun. The gun overheats. And when the gun overheats, you can use that for melee. And the damage of the gun goes up when the gun is hot. But like that's a real basic core aspect of this game and they don't tell you if you take that downturn or the left turn or whatever like i missed out on that for like like a while but by so the way was... they told me and i still don't get it <laughs> i like they told me they go and i went to the right i went to the left and right we'll talk about it yeah. in a minute yeah, but yeah. 
they they did tell me what it did, and I go, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I you know, there's there's a whole art to tutorials. We could do a whole podcast on like what makes a good tutorial, but like basically, I missed half the tutorial. I went, I branched out into this this open world or this 2D Metroidvania open world. Um, and I just was like wandering. I wasn't sure what to do. I found an upgrade that seemed like I like was not even remotely good. Um, I kept dying and I got stuck eventually in a place where I wanted to just get out of it. And f- there's no fast travel or at least no fast travel at the point that I was at. Maybe you get one later, but the same points were really far apart. And I got stuck in a place where I just was feeling like it was a pain in the ass to get out of. And I'm like, I just don't want to work this hard in the first hour of the game like i feel like this should be a better curated experience and you should be introducing your systems to me um i just like whatever i got like ninety-five thousand other fucking games i can play i don't need to like bust my ass right off the bat on this one yeah so I, I noped out this is perfect explanation of what we were just talking about and how not to start a game mm-hmm. because not only is it like um you know if you go the wrong way it's bad um but <laughs> not open and, and uh opening for you to do whatever you want but like if you go left, you just die because yeah. if you go left, there's like an enemy you can't beat. Yep. yep Which yep. again, if this is an open world RPG and I see a monster in the distance, that's fine. Cause I won't go near him. Right. But this is not that there's only three directions or something. So then you go to the right, you get the tutorial. I didn't understand the tutorial. I still died like in a fucking second because you go down, go down to the little catacombs and there's two enemies at the same time. And you can't yeah. handle two enemies cause you only have like a shitty gun and it's like, you, it's like tough, and the yeah. enemy is like you got tons of he- uh, health points or whatever. Way, way too much health. Yeah. Way too much health for the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. spent one and a half minutes, and I got to the bottom, and then there's two guys I can't beat. So that, and then there's also like things that hurt you, and I just felt underpowered, underwhelmed. Uh, I noped out so fast. It was easy because the game passed for me. Exactly. Right? And yeah. um, but at the same time, man, oh man, the art is, is looks really cool. But I'll never go back to that game. Same. Yeah, it's just really it's really unfortunate because I did like the aesthetic. I like the concept of, uh, you know, being this like suit that's woken up and and people, um, the guy that reviewed it for our website, he's one of our newer writers. um, He he was kind of middling on it, but he really liked the story. He said when the story kicked in, it was really cool, which was kind of why I checked it out. Right. So unfortunately, I never got really to the story. I got just the very beginnings of it, but it never it never got going. It didn't hook me. And I just like I just got really pissed off because I'm like, there's no save points around here. There's no place for me to refill my health. I'm tired of going through these sections again. I want to fast travel out of here and go somewhere else. And I just couldn't. And it was just like, you know, just just bad experience from the get-go. And so I was like, yeah, I'm done. There's like, I don't even have to like leave Game Pass. There's like 150 other games I can play instead of this. Yeah. So I'm going to go do that. So. And we just talked about how like, uh, you know, if the story would have got us earlier, again, you know, hooked us or something. But I didn't get any story, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, by the way, the last time I died, it like brought me back to the beginning, and I was like, "Ah, I'll see you later." Yeah, no thanks. No thanks. The very like literally the same animation is the like the you know it, the robot waking up, and I'm like, "Ugh, that's the what the game was like yeah. when I started. That's what yeah. the game was." I mean, and that's really the trick, right? I think the thing that's kind of common to these games and a lot of other games is like, I think you and I both are willing to put up with some stuff. We're willing to like you know slog through some tough sections. We're willing to like put in the time. But only after we're invested, like you said earlier. I think your your choice of the word investment is a really smart one because if you're giving me all these barriers like way before I'm invested, mm-hmm. all that does is just make me nope out. But if you if you do it slowly, you do it carefully, teach me the systems, let me attach myself to this character, let me attach myself to this struggle, let me attach myself to this story, 
then I'm more willing to like really like sweat for something and really like get invested in something and and push through the hard parts or the challenging parts. But if all it is is challenge and I'm like, why am I doing this? Then then no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that ends my uh, murderer's row of games I did not care for. Everything else I'm going to be talking about for the rest of the show is great. And I'm very excited to talk about that. But before we do that, I'm going to take a rest. I'm going to turn it over to you, Carlos, for a game I am very, very, very excited and curious about. The Chant. Well, here begins my Debbie Downers. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was so excited. Okay. I don't know what you're going to say, but I can already tell it's not going to be good. All right. Go ahead. Spoiler, but... Um, I will say before we get started, which will add another Debbie Downer layer uh, coming from you, I love to do the thing where I watch something and then I play something that's similar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the things. multimedia mm-hmm. thing. Yes, yes. yes. So I watched, uh, I've been still watching the Cabinet of Curiosities, which we both Oh, loved. yes. Oh, yes. <clears throat> so I just watched the, uh, the viewing before I started the chant Ugh, because yeah. the viewing has a kind of feel of like you're going to this cultish place and, you know, going to do these weird things. So I was like, oh, that'd be a good pairing. Now, I liked it because I like um, the director who did Mandy, which is one of my weird favorite films uh, that's twisted. Um, and the, the ending is pretty harsh. Uh, I don't know if you saw the whole viewing. Of Mandy? Of viewing, the viewing. Oh, Short. yeah, I watched the whole thing. I yeah, yeah. It. It, was, it was the worst one of the whole series, I think. All right, well, we can agree to disagree. I actually like <laughs> didn't love it, but I also like just loved the aesthetic of it. Oh, Anywho. yeah, it was gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. aesthetically. yeah. But, yeah. And also had um, what's his name in it, uh, and it had Charlie and Yee in it, and um, that guy Eric Andre. Eric Andre was in it and stuff. Uh, anywho, so I enjoyed that, but then I, you know, went to the chant after because I was like, okay, I'm gonna get into that mindset. I'm in the mindset of this weird stuff. I don't know what it is, maybe like a, a cult or something. And I've been, you know, looking at this game a lot because I like the idea of it. it's a third person adventure game with supposed choices that are, you know, gonna shape yeah. the game. Yeah, you were psyched about this before we got the code for it, yeah. Yes, very much so. Um, And again, I'm always psyched to that idea of, like, actually changing the game and the persistent world that you're in because of your choices. Um, So, so far, so you start the game and you're a girl who has, has, you know, this really traumatic thing that happened in her past. And she's trying to get past it um, through going to this, like, resort with her friend who's also part of her traumatic past. Basically, they lost a friend. And, you know, she kind of blames her a little bit. So, so the two friends lost a friend. Two friends lost a friend. grieving or whatever. And they're okay, both gotcha. kind of like at this resort. Okay. And this woman who you're meeting has already went through the cult procedure. She's wearing her cult outfit. I'm calling it a cult. It's just, you know, a resort. But come on. You, you know, no shit. It's <laughs> you're on an island somewhere. It's kind of weird. And then um, so then she's all in and you're like skeptical. And I want to play this game so bad as like the super skeptical person, like, I know this is just going to end badly. Like, I don't want to do anything, you know, I want to leave. And so the very beginning, like we're going to the little town and again, it's third person, right? Uh, adventure game, very limited combat, very limited kind of dodge and controls. It's more like about walking through the experience. Uh, but there is some combat. And then the very beginning, they're bringing me to the little village and I'm like, I want to leave. So it would have been so cool if I could have just turned around a la, Far Cry, you know, how they do those kind of alternate oh, endings. They give you the, the, the bonus ending of like, I'm out. And I'm, you just I'm like leaving. turn around and leave in the first that five That would have been the perfect experience of this game for me. It, it's funny when they do that. I like when they well, do that. Well, because the think about it. The, everything is pointing to like, this is a cult. Like, you don't want to go here. There's something wrong, right? right? right, right. So I turned around and tried to leave and the door was locked. And I was like, I can't. 
I mean like the gate door, you know, I couldn't get back sure, to the, sure. so I couldn't do my alternate ending. Anyways, then you get in, you talk to characters and basically the game loop is talk to a bunch of characters, kind of like remember until dark. Uh, oh, yeah, it yeah. has that vibe to it, right? You're okay, kind of like okay. learning about the world, trying to make decisions. Um, it's a little bit collectathon where you're kind of getting um, herbs and stuff. And the herbs are for side quests, but they're also for your health. Uh, this is the unique thing that I like about it, okay? It has three meters. Um, I always forget what they're called, but like some sort of soul amethyst meter, uh, a mind meter, and then something else. Maybe you can look it up. I'm, I love the something homework. else meter. There's a something else meter. <laughs> but the the mind meters are most important because basically what happens is, and this is a love hate relationship I have with this with this mechanic. If you have if your mind meter goes down to zero, you get a panic attack. And I've recently been going through a lot of anxiety, so not the best thing probably. Oh, a little too close to home. Okay. Yeah, and I mean you know if you're an invested in a game, big TV, lights are off. You can get kind of the feels, right? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Um, but then it's kind of weird because it's video, video gamey because, like, you go into the dark and your character, their mind meter goes down because it's dark. And oh, I was like, okay. really, though? I think we can deal with the just dark. Gotcha. So every time you're near anything that's dark, which is kind of often sometimes, you that you have to, like, look at your mind meter because if it goes to zero, you can have a panic attack. And then you're, like, screwed. What is happens it, if you have a panic? Is, you, is it a game over? No, it is a game over, but you're like, everything turns black and white. She's panicking. It doesn't feel good as a player, you know? Mm. And you're trying to run to safety and get in the light. I just didn't like that mechanic at all. Um, secondly, you can refill those things, right? Like by meditating, which is a button, or you can pick up more herbs and you use the herbs and it calms you down, which, by the way, is what I do at home. Come on. I'm not. <laughs> come on. Come it's on. the herbs. It's, it's, it's all the about herbs. The herbs. I don't just touch grass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey. <laughs> so uh, that was pretty good. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so there's a lot of those meters and you're picking up things, but the, the combat feels bad. The dodge feels bad. And I don't know if you get better. I guess there's definitely like a skill tree. But in the beginning, if you dodge too much, you fall down. I've so never just, seen so that. So just like game. real life then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I know how bad I suck at dodging in real life. I don't want to do that in a video game. But Dude, no, the, just oh, I just had an idea. I just had a brilliant yeah. idea. We should totally do a video series of Carlos Dodgerdella actually doing dodge rolls. We should film what it actually looks like for you to do a real dodge roll in real life. You know what I'm gonna do? I'll break my ankle again. That's what that, happened, and that, that would, won't be any fun at all. That would be amazing. We take all your favorite dodge rolls from all these different games, and you gotta like reenact them. I can't do one of them. That would be so fun. That'd be such I'm a an great old video broken series. man. That's not happening. Anyway. Anyways, so I didn't like the dodge. It feels awful. It, you attack with like sage. Because uh, there's like plant, I, and this is minor spoiler, okay? But there's like plant monsters. I was just going to ask, who are you fighting? The other cultists, or what's going on? Right now, so far, this is why there's like a bunch of reasons why I'm out of this game already. Because I, I want to be able to make more choices. Let's start there. So far, I made choices, and none feel like they've done anything. Which is, we just talked about it again. Let's go back to investment. Let's call this episode something about like being invested. Um, you can figure something out, but use the word investment, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, because seriously, that's what this whole show, the through line has been. Because I only want that character that I'm playing to leave. Like, I know it's going to be bad, right? And I won't spoil anything, but obviously, it's not great. Okay? And there's, I just mentioned monsters, right? So it's not a great place to be. 
And then any choice I made in the beginning didn't change the fact that I had to like put on the outfit. I had to fucking do everything they told me to. And I had to go and be horrified. And I was like, oh, cool. That's exactly what I didn't want to do. So do I feel like I have any agency? No, I don't. Secondly, I don't like the combat. So if you're going to be doing that a lot more, then I don't like it. And then the story bits are all predictable. So like you find a film, you know, and you put the film in, you watch the film. It's like, we're going to be nice to you, but we know we're going to fuck you over at some point. It's cult stuff. Right. So nothing surprised me. It felt by paint by numbers and the fact that it's a cult. And yes, it's supernatural too. So there's going to be monsters. So I just, from the beginning in the trailer and everything that showed me it, it made me feel like it's going to be an Intel dark with lots of choices. uh, And my choices are going to matter and people might die because of the choices I make. And it still might be okay. Let me give it credit because I played two hours, maybe, maybe a little longer. Okay. So, you know, maybe it jumps up more, but again, it's about investment. I am not invested at all. I want to leave. And I feel like none of the choices I made made any difference. And I just feel like I'm collecting things and being bad at combat. So let me ask you a couple questions. Yeah. So I, I don't remember seeing the trailer for this. I remember like just bits and pieces. So I don't know if it was positioned as kind of like an until dark, sort of a super massive um, choice based game. I mean, it seems like that's not what you're getting. So maybe there was a question of expectations, but of the, of the, the choices you've done so far, like what kind of choices are you doing? Are you, are you choosing like, um, be nice to somebody or be mean, or are you doing like steal something or give somebody something or like, what kind of, like, what have you, uh, what have you encountered so far? By the way, I'm going to, I'm bringing up the trailer in the, in the, in the background to look at, to see what I might've missed. Um, I mean, by the way, I've done a fucking resident evil puzzle and I didn't want that either. I had to find pieces to put the pieces together to open a mm. door. And that's okay. like, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and the choices I made are just uh, the people I'm talking to, like what I'm going to tell them. Just dialogue choices. Yeah, it's like be, be truthful. I think there's only a few options. It's like be truthful. Um, is lie one of them? It's like, yeah, I remember I was always saying the truth. I was just picking truth for everything, right? That's who I am. So I was like, oh, that might be fun because I'm going to be – truthfully honest that you guys are you guys suck you know (laughs) but they didn't even let me tell them that you know it was more just like small things and again yes probably further down the road it's going to make a difference and maybe someone dies because of my truth option sure sure. but if i'm already a couple hours in and i don't feel like any of those have any relevance i just wish they would be immediately effective in a game like this yeah or at least some i mean i get what you mean about you know not every choice can pay off immediately but at least to give you a little bit to give you the sense that you are doing something. Maybe some can pay off now, some can pay off later. You got to you got to stretch it out, you know. Yeah, and I'm looking at one of these trailers, and it doesn't seem like, you know, it's really focusing on the uh, decisions. I feel like I saw another like maybe behind the scenes or something where they talked about it a lot, but I just think that in general, um, I just don't feel like I'm hooked. And just uh, not grabbing you. Not yeah, grabbing I really you. wanted to so. All right. Well, it sounds like the chant uh, is maybe not singing your tune there. Maybe uh, you I'm think not. Gonna... Oh, what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, I'm not doing the chant. I was playing off your singing the tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that seems like a miss. Uh, I'm, mm, I, you know, I was excited before you started talking about it, just because I'm kind of in the, I'm still in the post Halloween spooky zone right now. But uh, I know. We'll see. we'll see. And that's why I was like, I wanted to play before Halloween, you know, was over. Yeah. I guess the other last thing I'll say, though, it's so frustrating because you're playing this whole game this way, is you can't run. You only lightly jog. Oh, and okay. in a game like this, it makes a fucking difference. Like, they let you run when you're having a panic attack. 
right? Because you have to, because you're freaked out. Well, then let me run all the time because I'm running around to pick up fucking uh, metal pieces to open a door puzzle, you know? Uh, So I don't want to like lightly jog. And then when you walk in the dark, you can't even lightly jog. They make you walk slow. Walk slow because you're afraid. And I was like, these are all the mechanics that aren't really... Yeah, just I, if this is more like a full-on third-person, here's all my buttons that do things, explore the world, right? Like a Horizon Zero Dawn kind of feel. Right, 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 right. Then right. I feel like I'd be more in because I have more of a chance. But I just feel like I keep getting limited by the controls. I think that's the biggest problem for me because I feel like I kind of falling over when I dodge, which feels fucking terrible. Um, and there's, yeah, I'm just dying. Like I've been dying by monsters recently because I can't play. I got to tell you, Carlos, uh, you're really failing to sell me on this game. I think I'm uh, not trying to, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. We're not another another loser. All right. Um, let me talk about something good. I talked about all my bad games. I got something really good to talk about now. In fact, the next two are really good games, which I'm very excited to share. The first one is a game that came out of literally nowhere. I knew nothing about it. I got an email from PR offering us a code and I took a look at the screenshot. I'm like, okay, that looks like it's kind of my jam. We'll give it a shot. Who knows, right? Um, And it ends up being like this super awesome, really fun, clever game. It's called Sea Horizon. Uh, Again, I'm not sure who it's it's from or uh, where it's from or what's going on. It just kind of disappeared. Just kind of showed up on my doorstep this one day. Um, It's a turn-based roguelike adventure game so it's already checking some of my boxes there graphics are pretty cool uh they're very low poly intentionally where your character just has kind of like three or four flat planes for his face um like low detail but in a cool way like it's very stylized i like it's the clean look to it i think that's neat um what you do is you so there's a couple different modes i'm staying on the story mode right now and the story mode has like a several different characters you start off as like the regular standard swashbuckler guy he's like dude looking for adventure trying to make his way just in a pretty standard kind of thing uh what you do is you're on the a hex based map you move around each movement costs you food so you're managing your food uh and there's enemies that pop up on the map you can decide whether to fight them or not there are random events that pop up on the map you can decide to check those out or not um, you have money also to manage and uh, you want to get to the boss at the end of each level and that completes that character's story. So you 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 start off, you s- sail around on your ship. You're like, OK, I feel like I want to do a fight, whatever. Get into a fight and it goes to a 2D turn based system where there's also cards. So it's kind of like a deck builder as well. You'll have like a, a sword card, a shield card, a heal card, a dodge card, something like that. And there's also a dice mechanic. I know I'm now I'm throwing a lot of like mechanics up here, but trust me when I say that when you play this game, it all makes sense. It's all not nearly as complicated or as burdensome as I'm making it sound. Um, I'm kind of getting lost in the weeds here, but basically um, the game auto rolls dice for you and it tells you how many you, you got. So you don't really have to worry about that. It's kind of automatically handled. And then based on those dice choices, you select from the card. So like, let's say you roll three swords and a skull. And then you got to look at your cards. Oh, well, I've got a sword card. I can spend one of my swords on this sword card. I got a skull card. I can sp- spend this on like my poison spell or something. Um, so you kind of just manage the resources you get each turn. Uh, and then the enemy will take their turn back and forth until, you know, you either win or lose. And then you collect some gear and move on. And the whole the whole loop of this game is you want to do a bunch of fights, as many fights as you can, while you don't lose too many resources to make it at the end. And the value of the fights is, number one, you like, go up in experience 
get more life so you can survive longer, but also you're getting better gear. And each gear you get has dice attached to it. So let's say, for example, you're a combat-oriented class. You start off with a sword that has, like, two swords attached to it, right? Like on your dice. Um, but you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not getting swords enough. I need more swords. You fight some dude. You get his sword. His sword has, like, four dice attached to it that has swords on it. So the next time you get into combat, you're noticing the swords come up more often. Mm. You can kind of self-select based on what kind of character you are, what cards you have. Um, you know, if you're a more combat focused person, you want to pick gear that has swords attached to it. If you're a defense person, you can pick gear that has shields attached to it. Um, and you can change these out as much as you want. They're all kind of random drops. So you get that kind of roguelike flavor of, you know what you're doing. You want to get to the boss every single time, but like the way you get there, how many battles you fight, what gear you find, um, what your cards are is all kind of randomized. Um, and I feel like it's got a really good, really fast paced, uh, bite-sized flavor to each adventure. You can finish an adventure, um, well, okay, uh, I haven't finished an adventure yet because it's actually more challenging than it might, I'm making it sound. But, um, you know, I think 15, 20 minutes, maybe, maybe, maybe less than that, depending on how many fights you do. So if you just want a quick run through of something, a quick like run through this dungeon, um, you know, 15 minutes is a great chunk of play where you feel like you did something. And whether you win or lose at the end, your guy levels up a little bit. So like eventually you'll just get better and better, even if you lose, because you've just leveled up that many times. And they also give you these bonuses. You get to the, the end of the battle and the boss has kicked my ass like five times in a row. They're like, okay, well, you lost, but we're going to give you a sword or whatever gear you want. Pick from these three things, whichever thing you think you'd like. And then we're going to give you like a special attack. So pick whichever one of these things you like. And you start the game with that next time, mm. which gives you a huge advantage. Because once you figure out the synergies or once you figure out how best to use your character, you can pick the gear that fits your play style and then start off with that gear the next time. It's a huge advantage. Like I noticed... Um, once I figured out how these systems are working, by the time I got to like my third playthrough, where I'm like, okay, I want more swords and I want more shields and I'm going to get rid of the leaf and I don't need the skull or whatever. Um, I was getting way further and I was doing way better. And I, you know, like I was seeing the things come together um, once I got my, my system down. So I think it's a really, really cool mechanically systems oriented kind of roguelike deck builder, which is very bite-sized. It's got really great graphics, like very clean scale down lo-fi graphics what i think are very appealing and i feel the systems are all very well thought out um my only complaint so far uh well number one is it's pretty tough i feel like it's pretty tough i have not even beaten the first level yet and i've tried a bunch so i've gotten close but not quite there yet so i feel like it's pretty challenging that's one thing wait can not i ask you a point to that yeah yeah, yeah go ahead. Uh, when you say it's challenging for the first level is there like so there's many adventures which means like many different bosses is that like a campaign then altogether? So the way this campaign works out is from what I can tell from the main menu, there's like, I don't know, like eight different characters. Like the first guy is the pirate guy I just described. The second person's like a thief. And so she comes with like a whole different set of cards, whole different play style. The third guy's like a wizard and he's got his own quest line. So like you can't get to the other ones until you finish the first one. So eventually you're going to do like, you know, like six or eight mini campaigns. Like you're going to you start with the pirate, finish mm. his story, move on to the thief, finish her story, move on to the okay. wizard, finish his story. Um, I have not finished the pirate's story yet, and he's the very first story. Got it. So I have not tried the other characters yet. Um, but I like how he plays, and I'm looking forward to experimenting with, you know, other cards, different character builds and stuff like that. Um, but it's pretty challenging. Uh, gotten close, but have not finished it. And I think also, I think the tutorial could have been better. Uh, it took me three or four playthroughs to really figure out what I was doing. And I think a lot of that could have been shortened by just a slightly better tutorial. For example, how do you change your attacks? Um, I kind of found that an accident. I mean, it's it's there. Uh, and maybe a more observant person would have figured it out faster than I did. But, you know, you could have just given me a line of text and say, hey, if you want to change your text, do this. Would have taken you five seconds and I could have learned it like two, 
two attempts earlier, you know, so that yeah. would have changed my playthrough quite a bit. Um, so I think the tutorial is, it could be slightly better, but I, I still got there uh, in a pretty short amount of time. And I feel like overall, this is like a really great game. I feel like it's very smart. I feel like it's making good choices. It knows what it wants to do. It knows what it wants to deliver and it gets you there. And I feel like it's, it's really bite-sized and, and approachable for people who like uh, turn-based roguelikes. I feel like this is a, a really good one. Check it out. 45 Studios, the developer. Um, I'm checking it out on Steam. It's got mostly positive and very positive reviews. Um, yeah, it looks great. Like a cutout style, kind of in a way. Yeah, kind of like, like that. Kind of pastel in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also the hexagon. It's it's all hex. Hexy yeah, hex-based maps when you're yeah. in the overworld and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I feel like these people have a very good grasp of what they were trying to do. They did it well. They executed great. And I'm having a great time with it. I'm doing one or two runs a night. Hopefully, I'm going to get this pirate where he's going so I can start on this character. And uh, it's just it's just really good stuff. I feel like this one is absolutely on no one's radar. And it should be. Check it out. That's why we check it say out. check it out. See Horizon. Check See it Horizon. out. Check it All out. All right. One more for me, and then we're going to finish big with you, sir. Uh, another winner here is Darkwood. This is from a couple years ago. It's not brand new. Have you ever yeah. played Darkwood? Yeah, I played it a while ago, and then I saw it show up in the PlayStation Halloween sale. Yep. Uh, I didn't pick it up. I picked up almost everything else. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. I'm interested to see what you have to say. I, I remember, the only thing I'll say is, I think I remember it being difficult, but like on purpose. I want to yes. say Soulsy. Uh, tell me more. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Everything you remember is, is on point there. So Darkwood is a horror game. I was looking into it when we were doing our Halloween show. This is, didn't make it to the show, but this is absolutely not your typical first-person dark hallway bullshit. You know, we were trying to avoid that for the show, and I think we did a great job. But this is one that could have easily qualified. It's top-down, totally top-down. Like, you're looking at the top of your guy's head and seeing his shoulders, and that's all you can see of him. Starts out. The game starts out with this re really creepy intro where... Some kind of disease is happening and they blame you for it and you're not really sure who you are or what happened. But clearly, like, the world is in real bad shape. The forest is kind of taking over everything and you're just barely hanging on by your fingernails in this cabin in the middle of the woods. Uh, as the game starts, like, again, it's top down. You're, you're clicking on things. You're walking around like you're discovering some notes. Turns out you're a doctor. You find, like, some wood, some nails. So there's definitely, like, a survival element to it, crafting element to it. And then you wander outside. You have a very rough map um, where you know, like, what region you're in. But li not, like, you don't have a, a, a world-perfect GPS. Like, you don't know exactly where you're at. But you know, like, okay, I'm in the meadow. I'm in the woods. I'm in this area. So you got a pretty good map. It's okay. It's fine. And you're just kind of, like, searching things out and just finding what resources you have and just figuring out what the hell is going on. The way that this game is creepy is, number one, it's all kind of, like, black and whitish. So that's really cool. Um, and not exactly strict black and white, but it's very like washed out, very muted tones, kind of monochromatic, but I think it works. Um, I think also the pace of it is very slow, very deliberate. Um, there's a brand new HD version that just got released. If you already only, if you already own the game, the PS4 version, it's a 299 upgrade. And I feel like it really looks great. I, I, I did a before and after I looked at the PS4 version and I'm like, okay, this looks fine. I mean, this looks great. And then I did the upgraded PS5 version. I'm like, oh, it actually does look better, like noticeably better. Mm. Um, neither one is bad. Like, I think you're fine either way you go. But if you've got the TV, if you got the 299, it definitely looks better. The colors are sharper, textures are sharper. And I think there's some dialogue differences. I, I don't know if it's randomized or what, but in my, between my two plays, I did notice some dialogue differences. Um, but you, you just, you kind of wander these woods, you collect stuff that you can find, uh, avoid monsters, come back to your hut, and you kind of just like, you know, you got to get to these uh, different quests you got to do. These people show up. They want to do certain things, but you're also trying to survive. Nighttime comes and these monsters kind of like 
raid your place and so you're dodging them. There's also a really neat mechanic where you have a cone of vision and in order to add fear, um, you can only see things that you're looking at. So like if you're, your character is looking north, um, you can see anything that's in your north view, but south, east, and west are just like nothing there. You don't know what's there. It's just blank because you're not looking that way. Um, and it's surprisingly effective because it means that people can sneak up on you. Monsters can sneak up on you. If you're in the woods, you've got to constantly, like, literally be looking around, spinning that dude around so you're, like, you know, covering all your bases, um, which really ramps up the tension quite a bit rather than just a traditional top-down where you've got kind of, like, a god's-eye view of everything going on. Like, you can only see what your guy can see despite the fact this is a 2D top-down, which is really clever it's, and very effective. Yeah, yeah I want to chime in here because I think it's yeah. clever, but it's also annoying because it's called the Cone of Vision. And yeah. We've seen that in other games, and I've, I forgot which game I played recently where it was like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, you know, you should be able to see behind you in the, in the other game where it, it's not a horror game, right? And so I, I've had this be this go wrong, essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because again, like you said, if things are attacking you and you don't have the, the uh, information, then you're just going to get attacked. It feels like it fit better in this game, but I think I still didn't like it because, yeah, you definitely get attacked from the sides, right? Oh, yeah, you do. Like, and it's it's definitely a vibe, right? Like, if you're down for horror and the spookiness, I mean, that's really a great way for them to ramp it up. If this was just, like, a regular 3D action game, I probably wouldn't like it because I would want that God's Eye view because that's kind of how that genre goes. But I think it does it does work with, the, okay. with you know, with the concession that you're in for a horror game. Yeah. Um, story is real murky and scary. Characters are real murky and scary, um, like, an, in, intentionally in a good way. Uh, I feel like, also, the animation is, like, pretty amazing in this game i love the animation um just moving around at first you're like okay it looks like a top-down game but then as soon as you start to do things you notice how much time and attention they took in making this animation work for example um you pick up an axe pretty early on in the game and that's your, your starting weapon in the tutorial and watching him pick it up and then like when you ready it like you pull it out of your coat and he's like moving it and he's like holding up above his head and then you got to attack and he swings it down. And you can see his like muscles and his arms moving. Like it just looks so fucking cool. Um, mm -hmm. It's slow. Lots more frames in there than some other game would, would, would put in where you're just kind of probably mashing the X button and you're like, whack, whack, whack. This is like, it looks like you're really swinging that ax and it gives the whole game a different feel. Like you're, you're being more intentional. You're being more cautious. You're being, you know, you're kind of just like maybe inhabiting it in your head a little bit more because you got to think, oh, I need time to swing the axe. I need time to get the axe out of my hand or, or out of my coat or whatever. Um, like when you, you come across a fence or a window, you like like vault over that instead of just being a quick hop like most games would do. Like, you know, he grabs a ledge, puts a leg up, pushes himself up, gets the other leg up. Like it's a small thing, but I think it really adds to the ambiance like greatly. Like really, it all works together with everything else going on in this game to make you feel dark and oppressive and real and lived in i think it's really great aesthetically i love it um it is very difficult and there are a lot of um survival things you'll have to do like searching for food searching for water um, searching for resources that's a big part of this game and just you have to really be in the mindset of like exploring this dangerous world very very carefully slowly and cautiously but i feel like in terms of horror games this is definitely bringing something new to the table it's not relying on the same old jump scares. It's not relying on the same old dark hallways in first person. And I love the vibe. Like, I just, I think the vibe of this thing is just fucking on point. Mm. Um, if you're in the mood for something scary and survivally and just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on, I think this game is tops, dude. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Our, our aesthetic and stuff is just awesome. Um, and I remember liking it. I'm watching the trailer now. 
I but I did get I noped out a little bit with the survival stuff because that can get me, you know. Yeah. If yeah, like yeah. you're not you're just dying because of you know mismanagement of stuff or whatever. Exactly. You can't find things. Exactly. Yeah. And then the other thing I don't like, and it's just the only con I'll add to it, is that the cone of vision. Now that I'm watching the trailer, I remember it's you can see around you, but they don't let you see. Meaning like it's you're shining a light, but like the the stuff to your left and right and the south of you, you can see. You know what I mean? You can see the the actual ground. Yeah, you see like shapes and stuff. Like if you're in a forest, you'll see like there's like trees around you, but you won't get any detail and you won't see any monsters. Well, you don't see the monsters. I think that's yeah. the thing bothering because I was like, well, yeah, because it's top down. I can see like in this section of the house that I'm in, in a hallway or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I can literally see the outline of the hall and the, the, the desk and everything, but I can't see the monster that's in there. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So again, I know that why they did it, but for some reason I was like, I'd just rather see it so I could find it. <laughs> but yeah. It's a choice. It's a choice for sure. It's a vibe. This um, game's a vibe. It's definitely a vibe yeah. and a mood and a tone. And I think that if you are in the mood for creepy or spooky, you want something a little bit different, you want something else now that Halloween's over, you're still in that zone. I think this is a very good one. I think it's um I don't know a lot of people have played it and I think it's doing a lot of really, really cool things. Um it definitely feels like kind of a struggle for survival. So if you want that kind of uh, zone, um, yeah. this is this is thumbs up for sure. That's so. what this is. Yeah, totally. Oppressive right. in a way like that. Yes, yeah. he says. Intentionally oppressive. Yeah. Absolutely. Good word. So that's Darkwood playing it on PS5. And I do think the upgrade is worth it for sure. If you got the uh, three bucks to spare. One more game. And then we're going to wrap the show here. Carlos, we have been on this track for a while. You've been super excited for star ocean um you know you got the game you got in early you've been playing i didn't know it was your jam i know you were totally in the zone for this i am very excited to hear your take on star ocean especially now that you finished it so tell us from a to z what is star ocean all about and what is the subtitle star ocean the divine force the divine force Um, take it away sir which by the way first off asterisk uh i'm gonna apologize for asking about this game (laughs) in dms to you for like i don't know a month straight because i kept going like are we gonna get a code like yeah seriously hook me up on this but i i i paid my own top dollar for this game you did uh i knew that you know i don't want to like have to wait on that and rely on that i need to play this game again another asterisk is uh we've talked about this before but when times are tough you're going through a lot of difficult things like i am right now uh, an RPG is something for me that's just total pure escapism. So I just wanted it as soon as it came out. Um, so I bought the digital fancy version um, and was able to play it early and got it, you know, as soon as it came out, 9 p.m. or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so spoiler, I love this game. It, it did what it what I thought it would do, which is super fun, open world, third-person action RPG, JRPG, um, it's comfort food. It's like, I think a lot of articles are coming out right now that says like, it's the perfect JRPG comfort food. Um, I'll talk a little bit about the systems and some pros and cons. There are a couple of cons, but I would think in general, yeah, it's kind of what I wanted. It's kind of what I told you it would be kind of what I've been alluding to, which is uh, super crazy, huge, you know, pretty long RPG that has fun combat and, an interesting story, um, but nothing like uh, it kind of drops off. Like I said earlier in the podcast, the final act or a third act or whatever, yeah, there's a little bit of an issue there. So in general, what is this game? Uh, this is the first, I believe, game where you can pick between two different protagonists. Okay. I might be wrong. I don't do homework. In this series. In this series, it might be, though. 
Um, so in the beginning, you can pick Raymond, who is the captain of a ship. Uh, and the whole idea of Star Ocean, by the way, is an RPG where sci-fi meets traditional kind of monsters and you know fantasy RPG. That's like what their whole thing is. And by the way, this uh, takes place in the timeline of the Star Ocean universe, right after um, the, a game where you actually play as the people on the ground and there's space, space people coming to meet them. And you're basically like the people that live there already on the planet, okay? And so wait a minute. Wait, you're losing me. Okay, I don't so know the, very much about the Star Ocean thing. Like, yeah, take, it, yeah. take it back a couple steps here. Well, there's a lot to... I'm not going to go through the whole Star Ocean series, but no, in no, the no, timeline... Just, just overview. overview right. yeah. Well, here's the thing. In the timeline of the games, like canon or whatever, one of the games, I think... I can't remember which one it is. Faithless Integrity, I think, is what it is. In that game, you start um, as characters, you know, your hero is like from a planet and spaceships land, right? And that's, they cause all the problems and you're like, fuck. But you start as your main character is the person who lived there on the planet, okay? In this game, which is, you know, takes place after that game, um, you can either be Raymond who's in the spaceship, right? Above this planet, or you can be the princess who is from that planet. Does that make sense? Okay, okay, so... Yes. Um, so let me, as someone who is not super familiar with the Star Ocean games, let me just ask you this then. I know that they're JRPGs, so I know that much. And I've seen screenshots and so forth and so on. I don't know that I've even ever played one, honestly. So uh, I'm guessing this is a futuristic slanting sci-fi theme, or is it more of like um, traditional stuff? Like how does it play out in the terms of JRPG? Are we talking sci-fi theme all the way through? Or is it like you're a sci-fi person on a fantasy planet? Or like, what is what is kind of the vibe we're going here? Medieval well, stuff? Or yeah, like that's that? what I'm trying to, to, to do, and I'm doing it poorly. So it just always mixes the two. Like, that's what those games do, right? The idea is, like, there's a planet, and it's kind of more traditional, and there's fantasy, and there's monsters, right? And then and there's, like, lots of times princesses and, you know, kings. And then there's spaceship people, and they're like, oh, those simpletons. They okay. don't get it, right? All right? And the two meet, right? And in the game right before this, again, on the timeline, you played as the characters who were just on this fantasy planet, and they, again, met spaceship people, right? And that was where all the trouble happened because they came down and there was a girl and it's a whole thing. So in this one, you can literally pick between the two, right? But the whole idea of the story and these, this whole series is that they always mix. But this game basically takes all the Star Ocean ideas of space meets regular people on a planet who don't mm -hmm. know about space stuff and technology and does everything you could think of with that combination. And I'll get to it. Meaning like, you know, if we were here right now and we got visited by aliens, what would that look like? What would we not understand? Right? Like all gotcha. the different technology gotcha. and stuff. And they okay. really go into that kind of juxtaposition. So that's why I said it's such a big deal. Like who you pick as the character. Cause you're either picking the princess Letitia, who is from the alien, uh, from the planet, or you're picking Raymond, who has an 80s haircut, by the way, and it's out of control. It's like this huge, poofy, blonde mess, and it looks stupid. Uh, sorry, Raymond. And uh, and he's like on the ship, and you know he gets shot down, and so he's he lands on the planet. So that's how the start the game starts. So when you start the game, you meet this princess right away, or you are that princess. Got it. That's a long, long intro. I know. Let me so, get to the game. Wait, 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 one more question. Is okay. it important to have played any game before this one? Or can no, we just you don't need to. One? Yep, you okay. don't need to. But the only reason I bring that up, and I think that people who have played these games before would appreciate 
my long intro is because I think that's a nice touch because the game right before this in that series, uh, or at least on the timeline, was about spaceship people coming down, which, by the way, spaceship people is pretty funny. I keep saying, you know, sci-fi, you know, future people. And in this one, you could be, you know, the woman uh, or the person from space. I picked Raymond from space. Let's get to the game. So another huge thing about this game is early on, you you find this technology in your spacecraft as Raymond. I'm going to talk about this whole game as Raymond, okay. the space traveling guy. Uh, you find this little um, uh, technology robot thing that floats, kind of a, a orb thing, and its name is Duma. It's very important for the whole story. You'll learn later. Okay. Um, and so Duma allows you to do really, really fun combat. Now, if any of you played the demo, you'll remember that combat. It's super fun. And the reason why I was so excited about this game, you're going to be in a huge open-world RPG. You want the combat to be good. The report is it's very, very fucking good. And what makes it great is Duma. So by holding down a trigger button, you can float with Duma and then let go of it, and it'll attack. So basically, like, pinpoint attacks with flight. And it's hard to explain. I, I'm not going to try. It's just something you have to experience. But it feels fucking great. Now, you didn't play the demo, did you? No. I, by the time I heard about it, it had already been over because it was a limited time. I didn't get a okay. chance to jump in. Yeah. It's just super fun uh, to do that kind of thing. Now, the only mini-con in combat is that you have action points. They run out a lot. And so when you have no action points, it's one of those games where you can't do anything. I don't know how many you games need to you wait play. for him to come back. Or yeah, a hundred percent. Or okay. you do, you do things like um, one of my favorite things in the world to do is you you right trigger with Duma, turn it on. You're floating. You go to attack an enemy. I'm going to try to explain this because this is really fucking fun. And instead of attacking right away, you push a direction on your controller, and he'll move to the left or right. And if you're in the blind side of the enemy, you blindside the enemy, which means you stun them. And what that does is it actually gives you extra action points. So it's kind of a, a, a puzzle game where if you do all these moves the right way and kind of stun a bunch of people, you can start having a ton of action points. And this is real time, right? This is not true. All real time. Okay. But by doing that, now you're not worried about like losing, you know, your action points go to zero, but now you have like 20 instead of like four, like you started with. So you have more to, to use basically, right? Then you're not running out as much. And that's a huge part of this game, but they do not tell you about very well, um, going back to the tutorial. They don't really do a good job of that. But uh, when you learn it, it's really, really fun. And then I'll also say, um, you know, you can control all the other people. I never do. You know, it's like if you hit a button, now you're the your other party member, right? I just don't do that in these games. I just stay okay. as one person. Uh, unless, of course, I, like, get killed and I have to switch. And then there's also stop mode. So you can just stop the game. And do things like use items, right? Um, you know, use a bomb, use special upgrades or whatever. Do so you like gonna always can you do that. that anytime or do you have to select anytime. it as a separate mode? Anytime. Okay. So that's always there, but I'm not calling this a turn-based game at all because you do need to use that all the time, you know, big, especially bosses. But in the most time you're out in the field playing this game, you're just like doing action combat. Gotcha, gotcha. But you can always stop it anytime you want and do uh, health potions. So... Okay, I know this is a long review, but um, I will say that's still fucking fun. Like, really, really fun, no matter who you pick, because I tried all the different characters. It's super fun. But Duma just has a really, really, like, a very unique feel that I've never had in a, is, in a is game. Is Duma like only with your main guy, or does everybody have a Duma? No, it's only your main guy, but I don't, you know what, because I didn't play as Letitia. I'm guessing Letitia has Duma. 
or something similar, maybe. Yeah, and uh, that's so weird because I didn't do that. And there are alternate endings, by the way, uh, because I picked Raymond. I didn't pick Letitia, so there's a lot, slightly different endings. Um, really quickly, jumping to the other thing. What's amazing about this game, without going to the whole storyline of it, is they because I guess they were making this, you know, uh, as people make games through a pandemic, a virus shows up in this game. Oh no. Yeah. A straight up like COVID style virus. And I got to think that that's from what happened in real it world. Must have been. Must yeah. Have been. And so I hated it at the beginning, <laughs> but it also was like, this is part of what our life was, you know? So it's very interesting. And you literally wear a mask for a while. Nice. Um, and nice. I was like nervous because I was like, we should get out of this hospital right now because yes. there's a lot of infected people here. Stay six so, feet away, Duma. Get there's away. a huge, oh, Duma had to worry about it because it's a robot. But um, there's a huge section of this game where you're wearing a mask and they did the voiceover with mask. Like, oh, that's awesome. It sounds that's like. Awesome. Yeah. That's so funny, yes. Also political stuff shows up in this game. Also power corrupting shows up in this game. They kind of like go through a bunch of real world shit. And then on top of that, I won't go into it, but just giving you a little bit of what I alluded to, Duma is AI robot. It's part of a collective of AI, and they actually talk about things like the singularity in this game. Interesting. And they go really far into it. Like, it goes into things where, like, you see YouTube videos about this stuff, right? Like, what would happen if we merged with AI? They get into all that stuff. So, yeah, it's just a much bigger than the sum of all of its parts that you're like, what is this game? There's so much they're like, you know, doing. And at the same time, it's just a fun ass JRPG, right? So, okay, that's the whole game in a nutshell. Here's some cons because I love this game, right? And I love it and I completely Yeah, it. I mean, it sounds sounds very positive so far. It's very positive. Cons? And by the way, because I'm fucking crazy and I needed RPGs like, uh, you know, uh, in an IV, <laughs> just feed it to me. <laughs> I've beat this game in eight days. Wow. I don't how know many hours? Is... Do you know how many hours? Yeah, I do, because it, it looked at it, I think, 32. 32. Okay, that's pretty reasonable for an RPG. Which I is reasonable, you... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, 60 or 80 or something like that. No, I played it a lot. I played it, obviously, nonstop. But I think, uh, you know, other people will probably take their time with a game like this, but I was just so compelled. Um, yeah, I just loved it. So I beat it in eight days. So here's the cons. One... I don't even want to call the third act. I would say when you think it's the third act, you think it's almost the end of the game. It's like, oh, no, bitch. We no. just getting started. Oh, no. Okay. And that felt bad. Like, really? it felt bad. Yeah, because you go, it's going to wrap up now. We get it. You know, we know what's happening. And they go, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this without spoiling anything. And you're going to go to this whole new area and new map. Oh, and you're wow. like, Oh, I don't want to do more map, you know. So, so that you felt, felt like you were just about done, and then it's like, mm -hmm. nope, halfway. Yeah, not halfway, maybe three quarters away. Okay, but, but where still I a pretty was thinking, significant chunk. Yeah, it's like a whole other quarter. I would say like six more hours or something. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, I didn't want six more hours. So every time I thought it was over, I was just here by myself, but I kept laughing to myself. I'm like, and now we're done. And then I was like, I guess I'm saving it and going to bed and yeah, saving it and yeah, going to okay. bed. So, All right. so that is a con. I feel like they fucked up the momentum because this game had such a fun, relaxing momentum and you're learning more and you're learning more. And about three quarters of the through the game, you're like, it should be done now. So I would have loved this game at 25 hours, really. Yeah, more, more is not always better. 
Not really. I know what that why they did part of it because again, they they really go into AI and stuff and it's really interesting, but yeah. So then the last part of that con is that near the ending, my, no spoiler, but minor spoiler. They they do a bad <laughs> job of telling you what to do. Well, here's the minor spoiler is that you have to just randomly beat bosses and they don't tell you, which is fucked. And that you just have to go in new areas, new dungeon areas and get to the end of it. Uh, and it's one of these fucking terrible mazes and stuff. And then those bosses are fucking hard, like insane bullet sponge bosses. So you have to go beat other bosses randomly before you can beat the real last boss? Yep. And before they even show you the story to get to the last boss. And that felt bad. That felt How really bad. How would you bad. even know to do that? You just trial and error. You go like, I guess to go down this area. Really? Interesting. Yeah. You're in like an area with like all these doors and you go in the doors. And so every time you go in a door, it's a dungeon and you get to the end of it. And you th- and they, they don't mark where you've been either. So you're like, it just felt like a fail, like a real mm. bad fail. So that's the main only main fail because I was like, this is just confusing as fuck. Um, beat all those bosses. And by the way, played the whole game on normal until those bosses uh, put it down to easy. It was still difficult. Really? Okay. Still difficult and easy. And I was like, holy shit. What would have like hard been? That had been like sadistic. So, and last boss, last, last boss, which of course I won't tell you, um, put it on easy again. Because I was like, no, fuck you. I'm yeah. done with this game. Like yeah. this game is over, you know. Uh, and on easy, it was still hard. So I just think they fucked the ending because super fun the whole way through. I never wanted it to end. And then I just wanted it to end. You know, mm, like I was like, yeah. you fucked it up. You made me be confused. You put all these bullet spongy bosses that didn't make sense. And also bullet spongy bosses didn't fit the storyline either. You know, it's like we should we should be done. So um, that was my main con. The other con, you meet a lot of, okay, as a straight guy, uh, it, there's a lot of attractive ladies in this game to me. Okay. And I like romancing ladies. I'm I'm very curious where this is going. Go ahead. I pick I I put that just to put a you know caveat. I'm I'm like you know I don't know who you are listening, but for me I found a lot of the women attractive. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. And yeah, uh, you're in a game for this long. It'd be fun to romance somebody. Um, look at Dragon Ages of the World, etc. Sure. And so even though I found a lot of these ladies compelling. To, to, to hang out with, maybe do some side missions. No, no romance at all. Oh, none at all, huh? Not even not even an inkling. Like, no one even flirts. It's well, really weird. People, I guess. You don't do that when you're in space, I suppose. No, it just it fell out of place. It really did. Because, like, okay, I'll get to the what I'm trying to say is. There's a lot of cleavage. <laughs> all right? And I'm not saying cleavage equals romance. Not whatsoever. That but, is a pretty good. That is a pretty good title for the show, right there. Wait, Cle- cleavage, cleavage equals, equals romance? romance. Yes. Okay, that's maybe good. that's pretty good. But I'm what I'm saying is, is that in you know in the JRPG settings, we played all these games, right? If there's like attractive men or women, even you know, in these romancing options, uh, the guy's got his shirt off, he's all muscle rippling or whatever you want to be. Like it's just there's not even flirty, <clears throat> and I was like, this seems weird. Hmm. So it, it seems like with a game that big and, and um, with all that stuff to do and all that content, and all the different issues that it brings up, you you would maybe have optional. I mean, maybe at the very least optional side quest romance or something. Right. And, and they, it, there's, there's these things called private actions, which is basically the side quest with like different characters and all those you like you bond together. You know, it's nice with friendship and stuff, but that's it. Like that's again, this is such a small caveat, not the big deal, but 
it seemed weird being like almost 35 hours and no one no one's like flirting with yeah. each other missed opportunity um and lastly because it's gone long i will say uh there's no post game in the fact that this game is such a massive world and there was so much i didn't do still um because i was just like excited for it to be over at that point i wanted to go back into the planet and like fuck around but it's that bullshit thing where you have to do a um, old save Oh, okay. So there's no post game. It's just like you just reload right before you beat the last boss, then go back into it. Yeah. Which, by the way, there's there is other stuff to do. Like I, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. Are like, oh, secret dungeon you don't know about. But I'm not doing it, dude. You know me. Yeah. It's once not you're canon. Done, done. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no yeah. it's not canon. So overall, I really, really liked it. I think I liked it a little less because of the ending. Although I liked the story a lot, and I think they did a lot of things that no RPG is doing, which is. You know, talk about real world shit, uh, talk about AI, talk about computer, talk about what it means to be have a soul and like, you know, uh, you know, that whole what's it called? Agency. Or sure. um what am I thinking of when it comes to AI? Autonomy, maybe autonomy and stuff like that. So really, really dick it. Enjoyed my time. A little let down on the ending. Well, overall, um, you finished the game. It sounds like you're probably not going to go back and play it again because you got your canon ending and you're done, done. So, I mean, is this probably a good time to give it, say, an official score, perhaps? I think so. And we talked about it before the show. I'm just thinking about, as I talked about that ending, how it frustrated me so much. I'm going to use this. Okay, I will do a score. Let me talk it out. Tales of Arise, I liked better. And why is because... One, I just felt like I think I like the combat better, weirdly enough, in Tales of Arise, even though I love really? Duma. Okay. Yeah, okay. I love Duma and I love that mechanic. It's super fun. But I think I did enjoy Tales of Arise better. And then also Tales of Arise ending, I loved. It it came at the right time and it was a very long ending, you know, with a lot of character development. I just loved it. Uh and this one I didn't. It, like when it, I finally did get to the ending after all that like really extended ending, it was short. Oh, you know what I mean? That's a bummer. RPGs, they almost by definition need to have a pretty extended ending. You really want to see what happened to everybody. Yeah. What happened to all the different options. You really want to like, you want to get an an exhaustive kind of wrap up. That's, that's pretty normal to expect. Well, and what you do is you get that throughout the, the ending ending. You know what I mean? Like you're getting a ton of story. Like this isn't light on story. This thing has a lot of fucking cutscenes. It's just that it's part of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I think, <clears throat> fuck, do we know? I didn't give a score for Tales of Arise. But we were doing scores at that time, I don't think, so. I think I'm going to give it, son of a bitch. I can't believe I'm going to do this. <laughs> Carlos gives it, son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm just saying son of a bitch because I feel like it's going to be lower than I thought I was going to give it because I loved it so much. I'm going to give it an eight. An eight? I mean, it sounds to me like you were shooting seven. You think eight? No, it's eight. It's I just okay. I feel Solid bad eight. giving an eight because like, there's things in here that I like that are nine. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Like sure. I like Duma, and that I've never experienced that kind of game play ever, and I really like it. Um, and I like a lot of the story, what they're doing, and the fact they did the virus and they tra- they handled it w- well. I think um, responsible and stuff like that. Um, I love the AI stuff. It's got to be eight because that ending fucked me, man. It's a six-hour ending of of bosses. Yeah, I hate when they do that little stumble right at the very end. But, I mean, eight out of ten, that's a very respectable number. That's nothing to be embarrassed about. So that sounds to me like it's an overall win. Would you agree? It's an overall win, and I'll say this as my last statement. If you're looking for a good JRPG comfort food, it's definitely that. 
Okay. And and I think a lot of people play games and don't finish them, right? So like, if you want to just jump in and like level up and have a bunch of cool story, you could do that. Play like twenty hours of it, you yeah, know. There you go. As so. as as people have said many times, most people do not finish most games. So right, right. If all you want is a good ten hours, it sounds like it delivers that good ten hours. You can bounce and do something else. So. It's a delicious JRPG comfort food. All right. Ooh, that's for the review. There we go. Delicious JRPG comfort food. It is, it is video game macaroni and cheese. There it really is. All right, that is Star Ocean. What's it called? Divine Force. The Divine Force. Sorry, I cannot keep that in my head. All right, that is it for the main content of the show. Really quickly, I want to give a couple shout-outs uh, for people who retweeted the show last week. Uh, thanks again to Mike Burnett. Uh, love that guy. I love what he's doing. He's currently working on Nadir, which we talked about in the show yes. earlier. And also thanks to Adderblack39, long-time hero, constant hero. Adderblack is constantly retweeting the show. Uh, love that guy. He is is tireless. So thank you very much, Adderblack. Um, and then uh, one or two more things before we go, just non-game related. Carlos, I got a couple things. What do you you got anything you want to talk about before we go? Just a couple things. One, Pentiment, which I've been really excited about. Um, it said it was available on Xbox, and I got mad at them because it's a Game Pass game. So I downloaded it, which I guess apparently I was able to do, but it's not coming out till November 15th. Pentiment. What is Pentiment? Remind me. So it's that kind of, it looks like the game that you like a lot, that medieval game uh, with the kind of cutout graphics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. The, and the it's, point and click, the 2D point and click. Yeah, and it's kind of like all your choices matter, but kind of in a real way, unlike some games I know. Um, and, yeah, it's supposed to, like, make um, really weird choices and a world that's kind of exists based on your choices and it's really cool art style. Okay. Anyways, I'm excited for that. I downloaded it, but again, I can't play it till the 15th. Uh, and right. then um, the other thing I was going to say is I did watch Barbarian, and we both yes, watched it, right? Yes, we need to do the circle back on Barbarian. I did. We talked about it last episode. Um, let's save that for the very last thing so okay. we can do a spoiler section. Yep. Um, but yes, I did talk about that. We can talk about that. Anything else besides Barbarian? No, I just I wrote down fuck Twitter for some reason. But other yes, than that, yeah. probably for many reasons. Um, yeah. We'll talk about Barbarian in one second. We'll do a spoiler warning for that. But before we get to that, um, I, have you seen Ted Lasso? Have you seen that already? Of course. Every single course. episode, yes. I have never seen Ted Lasso until this week. Wow. I knew people liked it. I knew people were saying good things. Uh, but, you know, I don't give a shit about soccer. And I was not in, you know, it seemed like everybody's like, oh, it's such a feel-good show. And I'm like, oh, whatever, blah, barf. I don't want to, I don't usually go in for the feel-good shows or whatever. Um, and But for whatever reason, we ended up watching it this week. I think the wife wanted to watch it. And, dude, I love that show. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like such an asshole because it. it's such a good show. Yep. Um, I guess just nobody really, I mean, it was just. It's hard to encapsulate what makes that show so brilliant. But, you know, for people who don't know, I guess probably everybody knows. I think I was probably the last person who had seen it. Uh, but in case you haven't seen Ted Lasso, it's on Apple Plus. stars Jason Sudeikis as a football coach who gets relocated to England to coach a soccer team or football team, English football team. Um, and he's kind of like a fish out of water. But basically, he's just a really positive, uplifting guy. And he brings that to like all aspect of his 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 troubles. Like he he doesn't know about soccer rules. He doesn't know about English culture. He doesn't know about, you know, the politics that are happening in the clubhouse. And he just is like throughout it all. This very positive tries to see the best in everybody, tries to give a, the benefit of the doubt to everybody. And it sounds dumb. Like when I heard it, I'm like, that sounds dumb. But like when you watch the show, the thing that makes it work is that. 
the, the Ted is not stupid. He is a smart guy, and he's not just like one of these stumble bums who just like doesn't know shit about anything, but always keeps a smile on his face. No, he actually is a very good coach. He's a very thoughtful person and he is intentionally good. Not that he's just like some kind of like weird supernatural force for positivity. He like, he intentionally tries to be a good guy and it helps that he is not stupid. Like he, he knows what he's doing. He's very cagey, but also decides to be positive. And you don't see that combination very often. I feel like most of the time, when you get somebody who's as positive as Ted, they're usually like a dummy, like a like a happy dummy or somebody who's really just kind of like, you know, bumbling. But he's not at all. And I think that really helps the show very much. He also has human moments. He's mad for a couple times. He, he's mean to people a couple times. So it humanizes him a little bit. But the very fact of like this guy who can just turn the other cheek at most things is kind of notable. And I think it's really interesting that we're seeing this now. Um, because God damn it, it's exactly what I needed this week. I really needed to see something that was positive and good. And Ted Lasso delivers that. And despite the fact I don't give a fuck about soccer, I was like completely invested in the team. Mm -hmm. I was completely invested in Ted and his life. I was completely invested in just like everything about the show. I mean, my family and I, we binged like the entire season one, like in two days. We just watched like, didn't want to watch nothing else. We just watched Ted Lasso the entire time. So yeah. Great show. I mean, Carlos, you must love it, right? I love it. I just, I'll just add the fact that, like, in this darkened world, we can do two things. We can focus on the dark, or we can focus on the light. And uh, this this show is the light. I mean, that's really what it is. And it, it is hard to explain it, because you just have to watch it. Yeah. It, what it does is it's not just him. It's like there's light in a almost a all the characters. A bunch of people. Yeah, a bunch of people. And there's a, a, a woman who's, like, stern, and you think you're not going to like her, then all of a sudden... She lets down her guard and you're like, oh, fucking everybody can be nice. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And exactly. it just keeps doing that. I've, I finished the entire series already. Um, all of the seasons. I don't know how that is. Three, I There's think. Two, two seasons two right seasons? now. Three is coming. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I finished all two. It, it just keeps tugging your heartstrings, but then fills you back up. It doesn't just knock you down like so much fucking bullshit in this world does entertainment wise. It just it's it's there to fill you up. And, and it doesn't feel cheesy to me. It doesn't feel like no. a Hallmark movie. You know what I mean? No, it's not trying. Again, that's what I'm saying is what's special about that show. And it's about the showrunners and the writers as well. Like, obviously, the performances are great, but they knew what they were going into. They were saying, we want to, this is really what it is. We want to fight the good fight uh, yeah. against good and evil on this planet. Like, that's what this that show's doing, in my opinion, because it's saying you could go this route, but that's what everybody's doing. Like, it's, it's, it's it's difficult to go the good route sometimes. And when you do, here's what happens. You get friendship yeah. out of it. You get, you know, happiness out of it. And it just kept filling me up. Like, and spoiler, major spoiler for you. Cause you haven't seen it. There's a pretty tough thing that happens in season two, but because they wanted to show that tough shit still happens, right? Yeah. yeah this isn't yeah. a fucking fairy tale. So exactly. I think it's important that in season two, they add something that's tough and they still show you that you can fill it up. You know, you fill yeah. up your glass. So, no, that's a, a good point. It's an important show. Yeah, it's a good point. I feel like I, I agree with you. I haven't seen season two yet. We're gonna start it today. There are some tough moments in season one, and they they show how you just like you said, you can get through them. You don't have to be negative. You don't have to turn it all sour and bitter. Um, but you know, bad things do happen to these people, and and they and they just get through it somehow. And it, it gives you, um, I don't know, like a template or something that you can probably try to apply to your own life. And I think a lot of the lessons that we've seen in season one, I think, would be very um, well spent on people 
I mean, people who I know, I can already think of like three, four people in my life who I'm like, dude, you need to watch a show and you need to follow what these people are doing because it would make you a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, yeah, exactly. I think this is very notable for that. And I wish I had seen it sooner, but I'm glad I'm watching it now. And if you're if you're like me and you thought the show sounded like dumb and bubblegum and just goofy, whatever, not your bag, I would say don't be me and just watch it sooner and give it a shot because it really surprised me. And I think I kind of love it now. And they, again, the actors and the cast, it's just, they're, they're it's all, all amazing. They're all amazing. They're all amazing. You're like, oh my goodness, now I, I'm in love with her. Now I'm in love with him. Oh my yes, goodness. Everybody, yeah. everybody, everybody. So, okay. That's all I had. But now we're going to do a really, really, really quick spoiler section on Barbarian. So, if you, there's nothing else left of the show. It's just the closing. If you don't want to be spoiled on Barbarian, and you probably shouldn't be, just bounce. You're not going to miss anything. See you later. Nothing. Bye. See you later. Podcast's Bye. Thanks over. for listening. Um, but if you do want to hear about Barbarian or you've already seen it, we're going to do no holds barred, completely spoiler. Uh, so do not uh, do not listen to this if you don't want to be spoiled. And starting in three, two, two one, barbarian, s- barbarian. Okay, so really quickly, Carlos, you watched it. I watched it. Number one, was it even remotely what you thought it was going to be? Well, I like the fact that both of us didn't know much, and that's the whole idea. Is everybody told you don't watch anything about this because it's a surprise a thon, right? Well, I think we mentioned Cabin in the Woods, which I still stand by. Yes. It's a great yes, yes, movie. Yes. It's one of those things, too. Don't watch anything about Cabin in the Woods. No, no, just Not watch even it. a just trailer. And that's what this was. You're like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen, and it's fun. So, yeah. So what was your question? Was it – so So one of the things that I was giving you pause before the movie, and I, I know this was true for you, too. We saw the poster. The poster's kind of creepy looking. We, we, we saw this movie making the rounds. All the horror people were like, oh, this is the new hot it horror movie. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay – we're not going to read anything because you said not to you, but is this like a, is this a hostile situation? Is this right. like saw? Is it yeah. gross? Am I going to watch this and it's going to be torture porn for two hours or like what's going on? Um, did it in that sense, was it what you thought it was going to be or not? No, it wasn't. So which is good because I think we both said we gave each other like a little pass and we said, if it gets to be hostile, the movie hostile, then we can nope out. Um, exactly. And I didn't know about it at all. I watched the whole fucking thing. Same. Um, and I really liked it. So, um, and I think it did a lot of smart things. I think a couple of things were gory that didn't need to be because there is some gore in this, but yeah, a little bit, not nowhere. It is nowhere near gore. Nowhere near. Yeah, well, a... cause we had just been watching 101 scariest moments, which I still don't think is the right name for that show because a ton of it was gore, right? Things in eyeballs and things exploding and a lot of well, eyeball penetration. Funny. Yeah. Cause eyeballs or is it maybe in this thing? Um, well, we're spoiling it. Yeah, there's an eyeball thing in this thing. So I think, yeah, it wasn't as bad, and I love the twists and turns it did. Um, so overall, I liked it. That's my first thing. And you okay. you as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, we really liked it. I was I was very leery that I was going to get lured into like some kind of a torture porn situation because I'm not down for that. Yeah. Um, but I do love horror. I love horror comedy. And this is actually um, way funnier than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was quite not – it's not a comedy, but I feel like there was definitely moments where we were laughing out loud. What's well, almost um, like the director of it is going like, eh, to, yeah. to the to the audience, right? Because I want to make sure that it's not comedy comedy. No, it's not. Right? Like, there's some comedy in Cabin in the Woods, like hardcore, right? Sure, sure, sure. But this is like, it's. I felt like the director the whole time was being like, hey, I know you're watching this. What about this? Hey, yeah. what about this? And he just keeps doing that, right? Yeah. The middle section, I... I mean, since we're, I mean, spoiler free, I mean, we don't have to go into the whole thing, but well, like, I thought we are spoiling. I mean, we, no, no, no. Sorry. I meant to say not spoiler free, the opposite of spoiler. Oh, free. right, right. Purely spoiler. Yes. I just said the wrong thing. My bad. Um, what I mean to say is they went through like, there's almost like three chunks to this movie. You've got your beginning chunk, your middle chunk and the end chunk. The middle chunk I thought was 
the closest is just straight up comedy. Like it was really funny um, with the Justin Long. Guy. Oh, Justin Long. Yeah. Okay. Oh I my see god, that was yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. And then like in the end, you get a little of the history and stuff. Um, but like it was not. It was just like weird thing after weird thing after weird thing. And I think if I had to sum it up. I think this movie, I would probably call it like, don't do that, the movie, because every time people did something, I'm like, don't do that. Right. Why are you doing that? Like, why do you keep doing that? And me and my wife were just like laughing at each other because every single thing they did, that was almost like the meta comedy of like, look at this stupid shit this guy's going to do. Look at the stupid shit this lady's doing. Do you believe that? I'm like, no, don't do that. And then they do it. The comedy part is Justin Long um, measuring Measuring, the dungeon. It's weirdly weirdly enough, I was like, but that character would do that because he's like so fucking gone. And, you know, at some point he wouldn't because he'd be like insane. But, um, but I will say also, the, what I liked is that the uh, very few movies do this, but that kind of switching up the story like they did, mm, yeah. where it's like you think it's this story, but it's not. It's actually this story, uh, and then it goes in a hit like you said in the past, and then it goes to, and that by the way the past was done great with that fisheye lens. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. cinematography was done really well, and then it jumps into the basically it ends in a monster movie. Yes, it does. And now yes. it's just a monster movie. And it felt kind of video gamey. I don't know why I wrote down video gamey, like a video game kind of scenario, like a Silent Hill story or something. But and almost mythical, you know, like like that creature couldn't really exist from crossbreeding, I don't think. Well, yeah. and the fact that the we're only talking about a span of forty years and they had mentioned um, you know, like generations down there. Well, okay, you had you had time for like maybe two generations. I don't right, know if you had right, enough right. time for like human mutants to breed in 40 years that's not of time you know the only dark hostile thing was what they alluded to which i think is great by the way didn't have to show it and they didn't show it but that guy killed a bunch of women yeah and yeah. they did and he had all these vhs tapes about it but they didn't show any i'm of so it. glad they didn't show that i so was very i, I was mind. cringe i was cringe and i'm glad they didn't do right because it it's you're like okay we're walking right into the hostile section of this movie yeah and no they didn't they were like no it's pretty fucked up what he did but we're not going to show you any of it. And they didn't need to. It wouldn't have added anything except for gross out and bad feelings. So. No. And and to my point of the video game, now I know what it means, is like that woman down there, woman monster thing, she was like a monster from a video game. Like it was from like Resident Evil. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I would fight that in a hallway. Um, so it felt like I was watching Resident Evil for a while now, you know. So overall, I just think that I liked it. It was fun. It was it, it changed my expectation because you think it's just that dude in the beginning. You know, like it's the creepy dude. Oh yeah, dude. You're, you you think that guy's gonna be a psycho, and it, he like all signs all signs point to yeah weird creeper incel dude, and it just it wasn't true. So. Not at all. If, if any, and by the way, it's still unbelievable that he would go down there in the beginning, right? <laughs> I know, dude. Because I mean, he's I'm, like, don't go down there. Why would he go? Because the only reason yes. you think he's going down there is because he's gonna lure her to come down, right? Exactly. And kill her. Like, it's a perfect setup. You think he's gonna kill her? Yeah. You think I, it's his dungeon? Yes, exactly. It's smart. I don't know. I just really liked it. I just I didn't think the eyeball thing at the end needed to happen. Like, there's no reason for that. To like, be fair, you're sensitive about eyeballs, though. That's that's one. I am. My eyeballs are very says. big. I think that's the reason. Um, they're huge. What, have you seen any of my sketches? They're massive. Um, <laughs> and so I guess I'm afraid of the puncture. But no, there, it didn't add anything. She could have ripped his head off. It, it, I, I don't know. I didn't need that. But there wasn't enough gore to, to bother me. And I think it was smart and funny a little bit, and I liked it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was not. I would say to anybody, if I mean, if you're listening to this, you've already seen it, so you already know. Or if you're curious about it, and we didn't really tell you everything about the movie. I mean, I think you'd walk into the movie and still no. Have a really I good think we were kind so. of jumping around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just watch it. It's not. It's not hostile. It's not torture porn. It's a lot of surprises. It's a lot of like really weird left turns that you don't expect. And overall, I thought it was a really fun movie. We, we liked it a lot. 
I'll, I'll add this to the ending is I made a sketch right after I finished watching it. Yes, did, I did saw you your sketch. Yeah. Yes, I did. I there's, agree. Uh, there's two versions of it, so I'm not sure which version you saw. But in general, it's the alternative ending to Barbarian, which just like the video game, and I wish was in the chant uh, game, is that in the very beginning, you know, the guy's like, hey, you should come down in the basement. There's these tunnels down there. And the other character's like, yeah, I got to go. I'm going to yeah, I'm leaving. I'm going to leave. I'm, I'm going to get in a car. I'm going to go to another town. And that's what you want to say a lot in this in this movie, you know. You're yes. like, I'll just leave. I don't need to do any of that stuff. And she does and, come back. She comes she back. She does, yes. It is. That, and that's the beauty of the horror movie because you get invested because you're constantly on the edge of your seat going, don't do that. And then you got to watch them do it. So yeah. that's, that's the fun right there. It's so. it's well done. That, that director, though, I'd like to see what else they can do. So Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Thumbs up to Barbarian for me. All right, finish the podcast. All right, folks, that is a show. As always, questions and comments, hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at SoVideoGames. Don't know how much longer. And you can also reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Yeah, definitely not Twitter. Uh, I'm not going to be on that for a while. <laughs> um, not just because of Elon, but it's been a long time coming. I'm just so fucking over that system. Um, if you use it for something that that helps you, great. That's awesome. But in general, I think it's... Uh, more problems than it's worth right now. Uh, and by the way, it's a constant steady stream of negative stuff, right? Like, I think you, I just watched you jump off it for a little while, like a day or something. Yeah, I just think true. more and more people should take breaks from it. It only makes you, I think, add to it. Like, it's almost like it's negativity once forces you to give more negativity out because then you start saying things like you don't agree with and they don't agree with it. And no one agrees. And I'm like, okay, fuck off. Just, I don't agree with anything that's happening here. I'm going to go play video games. And um, yeah, so I think people should just fucking, I'm not telling you to leave, but fucking leave. Uh, anywho. Anyway, where can we direct your social media there, Instead, Carlos? just go to TikTok because you're probably on there already. And yes, the Chinese are taking all your information, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. It's the Chinese God. corporation. Anywho, uh, yeah, TikTok is my name, Carlos Rodella. All right. As for me, it's the same as always. Um, I'm still on Twitter. I'm not planning to leave. I'll be there until, I don't know, they shut Godspeed. the door and turn off the lights, I guess. So yeah. It's my name. I'm still on Instagram. It's B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. I'm looking at a Mastodon that looks like a mess. I'm looking at co-host. Nothing is, there's no good yeah, alternative yet nothing, right now. Nothing seems great right uh, now. And Mastodon's so. too, like, um, separate. Like, these little yeah, servers you have to pick, it doesn't work. It's just whatever. Yeah. I don't want, yeah, anyway. So, nothing... Nothing confirmed. I'll be I'll be on Twitter as long as I can be on Twitter. But you can always reach us uh, email. You can always reach us uh, at gamecritics.com, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you'll be able to find us. Oh, um, right before I, before we leave that segment, I am going back to MySpace. MySpace. A hundred percent. I have an account. It's still active. I don't know who owns that company now. It used to be uh, what's his name, Justin. Um, oh my I goodness. Know. I don't know. No, the the in in sync. Justin Timberlake? Justin Timberlake, I think he owns part of the company. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm going back to MySpace. Next episode, I'm going to drop my MySpace URL. And, Maybe uh, Tumblr. Who knows? That's making a comeback. So. Oh, yeah, kind of. But my, I think MySpace is funny. Okay. All right. All right. There we go. Episode 309 in the can. Thanks again for joining us here on Sunday Games. See you next week. See you in next the meantime, week. this is bye from Brad. Bye from Carlos. I, I actually like the ending of just see you next week. There you go. Can we switch it up? We Instead just did. Of, no, I know, but like from now on, let's just say, let's see you next week. I mean, we can. I'll put it in the notes, sure. Okay. It just <laughs> felt very normal. When you said it, I, w- I immediately was like, let's see you next week. <laughs>